0: The WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services.
1: The first piece of postseason hardware is on the line, and two Grey Rhythm East foes are set to do battle. It's the Marlette Red Raiders on the road looking to even the score with the Ubley Bearcats. Good evening from the banks of the Cast River in Ubley, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen.
2: Thank you, Clark. Uh, It's great to be back here in Ubley. Uh, It was certainly uh, left for a quicker trip home last week, but happy to be back here and looking forward to see what the Bearcats can do for us this week.
1: In just four weeks, a state champion will be crowned, and there are just 16 teams remaining in Division 8. Marlette and Ubley squared off eight weeks ago in just the third week of the season with the Bearcats pulling away in the second half. Both teams have improved since then and sets up a great matchup for the district championship tonight.
2: You know, I I was thinking we've been doing this together 10 years. I don't know if we've actually seen Marlette in person. I don't think we have. So this
1: is a very intriguing matchup for us. Marlette has some really nice pieces that I'm looking forward to seeing in person. This evening features the team with the most offensive yards in all the Griertham Conference. Altogether, Marlette has accumulated 3,859 yards through 10 games. Denny Lester and the Red Raiders will be throwing everything they have at the Ubley Bearcats tonight.
2: And I think throwing may be the key there, Clark, but this team, this Marlette team, need a good mixture of offense if they want to keep this strong ugly defense on its heels
1: no one has gained more yards than the marlette red raiders but the ugly bearcats boast the number one offense and the number one defense of all 14 gtc teams of their nine opponents this year the ugly bearcats failed six teams to their lowest point total all season
2: that's an amazing defensive stat but i gotta point out marlette was not
1: one of those six teams before we kick off the district championship we will host our media round table walk through our other area games and break down the game of the week Marlette at Ubley, with a ticket to the regional championship on the line. It's all right here on your home for high school football. The W L W Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. Marlette at Ubley in the Division Eight District Championship. Presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumbsailer and Anger Valley Services. DS Services of Cass City for all your grain handling needs. Got a radiator in air conditioning of Maddox. Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. The Here in Daily Tribune, North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here in Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Upply Motor Service, D&M Cabinet Shop, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcasts a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcast Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the W. LW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. strictly prohibited. It is officially November, which means the road to Ford Field is in full force and the intensity is heightening with every single play. Just 16 teams remain in Division 8, and the Ubley Bearcats and Marlette Red Raiders are two of them. The winner of tonight's game will go on to play the winner of Breckenridge and Fowler in the regional championship. If the Red Raiders are able to win in Ubley tonight, they would play at Breckenridge but host Fowler based on playoff points. In the event that the Bearcats are victorious tonight, it would be a home game next week, regardless of their opponent. On the other side of the bracket, Beale City, Iron Mountain, Carson City Crystal, and Muskegon Heights Academy all await. And speaking frankly, the road to Fort Field offers plenty of opportunities for tonight's winner to make a serious run all the way to the state championship. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. My name is Carl Ramsey, and tonight marks my 369th broadcast on Sports Radio 1021. To my right for 180 of those would be the true professional himself, Dave Hanson.
2: Wow, 180 games, 180 football games. Oh, that's 369. A, yes, that's including basketball. That, that's uh, Those are pretty good numbers. I, I like the research you did this week.
1: Yeah, thank you. My wife was complaining I stayed up too late (laughs) working on that, but here we are. What began as just myself and Ron Lehrman traveling the countryside covering football games via a Nokia cell phone, iconic Nokia cell phone, has now transformed into a full team effort with more screens, wires, and gear than you can possibly even imagine. Our Director of Sports Information has been with us since 2013, and tonight is his 98th broadcast with us. Traveling all the way from Livonia, Michigan, would be the one and only Doug Cole, who handles all of our real-time stats for us. Doug, good to have you back.
3: Well, it's crazy. It's been uh, 98 games. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we'll make the century mark uh, this year.
2: It doesn't seem like that long ago we got started. Uh, 98 seems like a huge number, but uh, how was your ride up Did you make any stops? I did. I went to somewhere... uh other than Ugly, it's not too far.
3: I went to Farmer's Tavern in Ruth. Oh,
1: the metropolis of Ruth. How was Farmer's Tavern?
3: It was delicious. Service was great. The food was good. I had a prime rib and uh, couldn't ask for much more. Any- wow.
1: Yep, so it was good. Well, as Dave and I, that's uh, owned by one of our actual classmates from high school. So huh. excellent choice there. Does it get the Doug Seal approval? It does. Now, how, what kind of, what, what was your cook of the, what was, it, what temperature did you get your primer at?
3: Uh, You know what? I'm not, sh- is- I'm not exactly sure, but okay. it was medium
1: well to say okay. that. All right. All right. So it gets the Doug Cole seal of approval. It does. Okay. Absolutely. That's all that matters. So I guess dining with Doug can continue for another week as Doug Cole travels the countryside and finds the local watering holes and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval when deemed appropriate. And much like Doug, the fourth member of our booth has an essential piece to our success, and that would be our director of visual data, Dan Banke, who's our spotter. For 44 broadcasts, Dan has quite literally been our eyes on the field for us, able to somehow see through the dark abyss of the trenches and decipher the ball carrier, tackler, game trends, substitutions, and even... Who is eating a banana on the sidelines? In short, Dan Banking makes us sound a whole lot better than what we really should.
2: Uh, he's, he really has an eye for it, doesn't he? No pun intended. He, uh, he As a former player, he he absolutely sees things that just the, the average player or average person does not. And that insight is always helpful, keep, especially keep an eye on the ball when these wing T tea teams.
1: And Dan is on his way to the game right now and hopefully he doesn't get caught in any parades uh, like he has in, in weeks past. Tonight, though, the road to Ford Field is at its second of five stops, and Marlette and Ubley are looking to get one step closer to the state championship. The Division 8 playoffs are on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll have our media roundtable presented by Thompson & Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, your home for high school football. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune in to Sports Radio 1021. Listen live and worldwide at, World at WLWSports.com. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android devices. And now also listen in replay form on WLWSports.com. Just click on the Replays tab or wherever you, you get podcasts. We are also there. It's now time for the Meteor Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest miles from Chevrolet, look no further than Thompson Chevrolet at the North End of Ubley. Find new roads. Join me tonight from the in County View, the MSU replay booth official of the Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hanson. The top spotter south of East Jordan, Michigan, Dan Bankey. And our spot back-to-back Meteor Roundtable champion, director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our games predictions. And when that time comes, we will deem a meaty round table winner. Last week, Dan Banky thought he had the over, but then Dave Hansen $1 him for his fifth win of the season. So now it's Dave Hansen with five wins, Doug Cole and Paul P. Adams each with two, Clark Ramsey one, and then Dan Banky still on a quest to find his first win of the year.
3: Hey, I think if he wins tonight, then he clinches um, clinches it because how many games left total? Well, it all depends. Uh, we
1: could cover all seven uh, state championships, though, Doug. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. Right. Well, i uh, I'd like to see what all of our spouses would have to say about that. Yeah, not so
1: much. I don't even want to cover all seven. I do no, yeah, know that much. So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game in the W W Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won for the previous two weeks, it will be the same lineup. So tonight's order is Dan Bankey still leading off, followed by Paul P. Adams, Doug Cole, and then last week's winner, Dave Hansen. Gentlemen, sound good? Sounds good to me. Sounds like a broken record. You don't have a choice. So, up first would be Dan Banky. He's on his way to the game, so he sent me his pick via text message. And here's what Dan Banky had to say he says he's going to be honest Dan Banky does not know much about the Red Raiders. But two things he does know about them is that they are firing on all cylinders, and they are played ugly close the first time they face them. So, according to Dan Banky, he thinks we'll be in for a close game, but in the end, he believes Ubley will be able to grind out a hard-fought victory. Dan Banky has Ubley winning this game 31-20, to the Bearcats by 11 points. Up next, Paul P. Adams from the Huron County View.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that close, and if it is that close, Dan's going to get his first win, no doubt about it, unless Marlette wins this game. I don't think any of us on this panel are going with Marlette. Um, here's here's my, uh, my take on this. Back in week three, Ubley's offense really hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, that, that offense was clicking from the start of the season. But the biggest improvement that the Bearcats have made has been on the defensive side. We've seen that really over the last uh, six weeks or so. and In the last two weeks, Ubley has held its opponent to a season low. I don't know if Ubley can do that to Marlette tonight, but Ubley's going to hold Marlette to a really low number. I'm going to go with the same point differential of the first game they played. I'm going to go Ubley 47 Marlette twelve, so give me ugly by thirty
1: five. Ugly by thirty five points. I know I'm going
4: to be in the middle of somebody, but that's my take, and that that's my only chance of winning is to try not to play Dave's game.
1: Well, Paul B. Adams, if you're traveling south, take M nineteen, not M fifty three through Marlette. And Doug Cole, what do you have?
3: Oh, you know what? I this is the first time uh, I think I've seen Marlette, so this will be uh, very interesting. I know they throw the, like to throw the ball a lot, and. Obviously if you shut out uh Kansas City you're doing something right but I have to agree with Paul on this one. I got Ugly Big here. I got them winning 48 to 22.
1: 48 to 22. That would be uh Ugly I almost said Bad X by 26 points. So the Ugly Berkcanson for Doug Cole's pick wait, wait, 48 wait. to 22. I got it. Dave's
4: going to go ugly by 36. <laughs>
5: well. I got it.
4: I got it. <laughs> Write it down, Clark.
1: You don't uh, even need to hear Paul, what Dave's take Paul, is. Paul, <laughs> I say this every week. Don't make me meet you.
2: <laughs> Sorry, oh, but All right. I, Dave I, I am so waiting for you to do that one week. Just right in the middle. Uh, I, listen, <laughs> Tell so, so Mar- Mar- Marlott is a team that I think people should be worried about. I think this team is capable of running the football in ugly, and that could be scary. This defense has played better. Uh, they ran it right down their throats in the first half the last time around. And in the second time around, in the second half. They completely abandoned it, and I I hope Coach Lester and company do not do that so we can see a back-and-forth quality football game and test the Bearcats. And much to your surprise, Paul, I am not going with the over. I am not. I am going with a 20 Four differential actually <laughs> wow. I have this game being somewhat competitive wow. especially in the first half again I think Ubley's gonna hang around a little bit longer or excuse me Marla's gonna hang around a little bit longer I can't go the over two weeks in a row my heart can't take it so we'll go 44 to 20.
1: <laughs> 44 to 20 in favor of the Bearcats Dave Hanson by 24 points <laughs> So the experts have spoken. In all four taking the Ugly Bearcats, we have on the low side. Dan Banky taking Ugly thirty-one to twenty by eleven points. Dave Hansen taking Ugly by twenty-four points, forty-four to twenty. Doug Cole taking Ugly by twenty-six points, forty-eight to twenty-two. And Paul P. Adams taking Ugly by thirty-five points. Forty-seven to twelve.
2: I'll leave it at this: if if Paul hits with the over, I'm going over next week. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> well, you do have a
1: little cushion, so you, well, you can't go. If I hit
2: with the over, you can't go over, buddy. That's true. That's true. Yes. Good point.
1: Uh, all right, let's take a look at other area <laughs> games going on, and we'll start out an eight-player football. The North Huron Warriors are on the road, and they're taking on the Wolverines of Augre Sims. Both teams undefeated. North Huron beat Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart last week, forty-eight to twenty-one, and that ties the most wins in school history with ten and zero record. Augre Sims beat Pack sixty-eight to forty-two. Struggled in the first half against the Warriors or the Pack Pirates. Week 8, North Huron beat Peck 50-18. to 18.
4: Yeah, North Heron's already scored, scored a school record in points this year. They're going to get a school record in wins in this game. I don't even think it's going to be close. It could be close for a half. Uh, all Sims has scored a ton of points, but they have not faced a team with the physicality and running game of North Huron. I've had all my North Huron friends texting me, calling me, how's this game going to go? North Huron pulls away in the second half. I say by three, maybe even four touchdowns, North Heron's going to win this game fairly easily in the second half.
2: I, I just I worry about Augre's defense. You gave up 42 to Peck, no offense to Peck. That's a lot of points you gave up uh, to a team that – Marl, uh, excuse me North Huron handled without much trouble so I think it's more of the same I, I think it's it's North Huron couple scores a, a couple scores a quarter I think they put up another 50 but I definitely don't think Aggrey Sims even gets half of that I think North Huron wins
1: easy and that is of course the regional championship as there's half the teams in eight player football in the playoffs so they are <coughs> one week ahead of the 11 players so that's the regional championship on the other region the winner of the North Huron Aggrey Sims game We'll go on to play the winner of Colin, the Magi against the Orioles, Colin against Morris. Colin is 8 1, Morris 10 0. Morris is quarterback for the season. Has 2,180 yards rushing in 42 touchdowns. Colin, their only loss would be to Lenaway Christian, one of the closer games Lenaway Christian had, 47-21. to Last week they beat Portland St. Patrick 35-13. to
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm a voter for the AP All-State 8-player team. Uh, he is on my radar for uh, uh, AP Player of the Year for sure. Um, love the Magi, one of my favorite nicknames. I know it is yours too, Clark, but uh, Morris is just on a different level in this game. I I, I think they, they are... Um, a favorite to get to that championship game. The other favorite is on the other side of the bracket, Powers North Central. I
1: thought you were going to say Marion. No,
4: Powers North Central is <laughs> on omission.
2: No, and, and that, that's a game that I think we're all looking forward to. I know it's a couple weeks out, but that's the game we're all looking forward to is Morris and Powers North, North Central. Or the Warriors out. That would be awesome, but it would be a tall task to knock one, if not both of those two teams off.
1: All right, on the other side you have Crystal Falls, Forest Park, and Powers North Central, Hillman, and Marion. Those are the... Only remaining teams, all eight teams of the Division II eight-player football. We have no local teams remaining in Division I of eight-player football, as Deckerville lost last week to Britain Deerfield. So we move on to Division Seven, the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers on the road at a neutral site tonight against the Hemlock Huskies in Freeland, Michigan. The field at Hemlock was so beat up, it was beat up last year when we covered the Cass City game there. Before the game even started against Bad Axe last week, Hemlock's jerseys, Bad Axe's jerseys were complete mud, so they moved that game to Freeland High School. And it's the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers at 8-2, Hemlock at 6-4. Lakers beat Reese 49-6, and they are on a mission. They have scored 138 points in the last three weeks. Hemlock scored 20 points in the first quarter against Bad Axe, and they won 20 to twelve, Banek's almost upset on there.
4: Yeah, I am glad they changed this the site of this uh, the, this game. It's a it's a turf field. There's going to be no excuses. I think that plays a little bit into Lakers' uh, hands here. Lakers has a turf field on their campus. Uh, they know how to handle that, um, and just their their offense, their defense, everything's been clicking. Talking to Coach Lavasser last week, he's been waiting for it to all come together. It's come together at the right time. You know, they they took their lumps uh, with a couple of losses, but they've learned from those. This Laker team is as hot as any team going. I think they win this game. I think it's a couple touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I think Bad X uh, would have and could have beat Hemlock if if, the, if they get a bounce go the right way, if, they're, if they are weren't missing four or five starters on both sides of the ball. I think Bad X gets another chance and they beat them, and I think Lakers certainly will have no issues beating Hemlock
1: on that neutral field. And that is Region 2, District 2 in the District Championship there in Freeland. The other district in their region too, well, just New Lothrop and Powamo, Westphalia. New Lothrop is the defending Division Seven champions. Powamo, Westphalia, one of those blue chip programs, the fourth time in five years that New Lothrop and Powamo, Westphalia are meeting in 2019. Their last time, Powamo, Westphalia won 36 to 35 in one of the best games in high school football, and that was Powamo's state champion in 2018. New Lothrop won 26 to 14. New Lothrop ended up being state champion into 2017. Powamous was won thirty-five to fourteen and went on to be the state champion.
4: I think it just goes to show the the level of play in division seven that you have. Two blue blood programs meeting in the districts, and there's going to be a lot more of these matchups. But with that said, Paloma Westphalia is on a, on a whole different plane right now. They ended the season with a with a very good win against last Catholic Central, who's still alive in I believe in the Division Five or Division Six. I think it's Division Six. They're playing Millington tonight, so uh, you know that is a quality win. Uh, Paloma Westphalia just seems to have a, you know they they kind of took a little bit of a dip, but they're back on the upswing. P up Dub all day.
2: I think so, too, and the fact that they're playing this game at home just makes it that much tougher. New Lothrop can be a really tough team. We've seen them. Uh, our, our greater thumb teams have ran them before, but even this team is on another level to that. Paloma, Westphalia, and a, and a league of their own, they're going to win this game.
1: In Division 8, of course, we have Marlette and Ubley, the game of the week, and then we have those picks in already. On the other side in Region 2, District 1, the Fowler Eagles. Are on the road at Breckenridge, taking on the Huskies. Breckenridge struggled to beat Vassar last week. Twenty-six nothing was the final, but it was six nothing Breckenridge over Vassar at halftime. Fowler has allowed one touchdown or less in the last five weeks.
4: I, I picked Breckenridge, uh, and have I had I known that uh, that little stat, I probably would have went with Fowler. But I'm going to go with Breckenridge. They're just a few years removed from uh, ending Harbor Beach's season in the in the semifinals. You guys remember that game? It was a great game over there at uh, Chesnning. So uh, you know they. they definitely have some pedigree to that program so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with breckenridge that's my pick
2: the games in breckenridge they're eight and two that was really eye-opening when vassar hung around but vassar has played a little bit better i'm not so sure i think all of this bodes well for the winner of the game in front of us i think their chances of winning next week's game no matter who wins goes up but uh, i think in the back of my mind i'm rooting for breckenridge hoping we can uh, continue our friday night games for
1: another week and the experts have spoken on our final game. That's Marlette at Ubley, the game of the week here on the W Sports Network. And we have Dan Banky taking Ubley by eleven points, thirty-one to twenty. Dave Hansen taking Ubley by twenty-four points, forty-four to twenty. Doug Cole taking Ubley by twenty-six points, forty-eight to twenty-two. And Paul P. Adams taking Ubley way all thirty-five points. 47 to 12 in favor of the ugly bearcats it's time for a short break when we return we'll take a look at the away team the marlette red raiders right here on the w at W sports network your home for high school football You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Dan Bankview. They're called tonight from the banks of the Cass River in Upley, Michigan. It's the Marlette Red Raiders on the road, and since the MHSA began the playoffs in 1975, the Marlett Red Raiders have made it to the postseason eight times. Coincidentally, all of those playoff appearances have taken place since Denny Lester took the reins of the Marlette program in 2002. Entering the 2021 playoffs, the Red Raider football program had just one postseason win, and that was back in 2011 when they beat Vassar 34-20 before falling to Michigan Collegiate. Last week's win snapped a three-game losing streak in the MHSA playoffs, and they did it in commanding fashion, blanking and taking out the Cassidy Red Hawks in a 28-0 shutout victory. Needless to say, Denny Lester has his team peaking at the right time of the season.
2: He does, and Coach Lester, as you mentioned, has been around for quite a while. He was an assistant before that for head coach Terry Conrad. Coach Lester in 21 seasons is 96-98, and uh, 49.5% winning percentage. He is the winningest coach in Marlette history. 96 wins, like I said, in 21 years, but that's a key point. It doesn't sound all that special, but when the 20 years before him, they only won 49 games in that stretch, and from 20 or from 91 to 2000, they won just 13 games, including a
1: 37-game losing streak. So, Denny Lester is certainly moving this program in the opposite direction. And the Marquette Red Raiders are led by 13 seniors on this year's squad, which includes their quarterback Jason Tenbush. No, player call, no play caller in the Rhythm Conference has thrown for more yards than Tenbush this season, and he does it with quite the efficiency, having the second-highest completion rate of any starting quarterback in the conference, second only to Evan Prusky by less than 1%.
2: No question about it, but uh, Jason Tenbush is a, a fearless guy, uh, a bit of a gunslinger, so to speak. He's 5'10", 150-pound senior, not a big guy. He's, com- he's attempted 144 passes, completed 84 of them, 58% completion percentage, He does have nine interceptions on the year. We're going to highlight that number. 1,500 yards passing, 18 TDs. So an average game for him is 8 for 14 for 150 and two scores. But he throws a pick on average in every single game. But he does run it a little bit. But Ubley completely squashed that when they played in week three. He only carried it one
1: time for two yards. No team in the conference has accumulated more yards than the Red Raiders. Through 10 games, they have posted 3,859 yards in total offense. 1,500 through the air and 2,300 on the ground. Leading the rushing tag for Marlette would be senior running back Travis Fuller.
2: And I think that's that's the point. That's what they're going to have to do to beat Obli is utilize some passes, play action, mix in the run. Continue, but do it on different downs. And Travis Fuller is going to be that guy. He'll play in the slot. He's their senior back. He's got 98 carries on the year. He averages seven yards a carry. He's got 11 TDs leading his running backs. But Miles Parker and Chyler Chisholm are the other guys you got to keep an eye on. They both play linebacker on defense. A little bit more of the, the physical style backs that run at you. Fuller, more of the guy that's going to try to beat you with the speed.
1: Marlette was held to their second lowest rushing production when they faced off with the LB Bearcats back seven or eight weeks ago with just 32 carries for 114 yards and one score. But through the air, the Red Raiders struck six times for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Tembush's season-long favorite target, senior wide receiver Grant Roberson. Yeah, he's 6'155 pounds. He plays technically wide receiver or
2: tight end. He lines up in a lot of different places. He's got 33 catches on the air, 700 yards and 9 touchdowns. He averages 21 yards a catch. To go along with Travis Fuller, we mentioned him as one of the primary backs. He's also the secondary receiver, catching 29 passes for 480 yards and another five scores. He averages 16 yards a catch, so when they complete passes, these aren't dump-offs. These are first-down type passes, 16 and 20-plus yards average per catch. Big plays.
1: Last week against Kansas City, the Red Raiders completed just one pass on five attempts, but it was a 61-yard haul for Grant Roberson for a touchdown defensively marlette boasts the sixth best defense allowing 21 points per game which is nine more than the Ugly bearcats and a big shout out and thanks to zach katie of marlette for filling me in on a lot of the details for this team as well as all the pronunciations. been a great conversation with him all week and it's the district championship and it's a greater thumb east duel between the marlette red raiders and the ugly bearcats right here on your home for high school football the wlw sports Hour, being powered by anchor valley services in the last 21 seasons the ugly bearcats have made it to the postseason 19 times the best in the area in three of the last five seasons the ugly bearcats have made it to at least the state semifinals three times including the last two years in the state championship game in 2020 and for the fifth time in the last six years the ugly bearcats find themselves in the district championship Leading the way for the Bearcats would be head coach Eric Sweeney.
2: That's right, Eric Sweeney took over after Bill Sweeney retired in 2019. In just two seasons he's 19-3, winning 80 per- 86% of his games. The winningest ugly coach through their first 22 games. 15th appearance in district championship, going for 9th ninth- district title in school history
1: Aiden and eric sweeney's outstanding start at the helm of the program would be the fact he has one of the best quarterbacks in the entire Thumb conference and he's just a sophomore making his 23rd start in just his second year of high school would be number 10 evan peruski
2: it's it's unbelievable to think about there's a lot of schools that don't have 23 starts by any quarterback in their history and he's got two more solid years in front of him but Evan Peruski is everything that you would want in a player. He's he's their quarterback. He plays defensive back. He's got 90 carries for over 900 yards and 15 touchdowns. Averages nine and a half yards a carry, which is third most in the Greater Thumb Conference. Uh, Last week, had 11 carries for 148 yards, leading the team and three touchdowns passing. He can do that too. He's 13 to 22 on the air. He does have a pick, but almost 400 yards passing and six TDs through the air, and they haven't had to use it lately. They haven't completed a pass since week six.
1: Just two attempts ever since then as well.
2: Haven't needed it, but this team is, is really coming around. The running game has been outstanding.
1: The Bearcats are the most efficient and productive offense rushing team in the entire Grhythm Conference. As a team, Ubley averages 8.5 yards per carry, and they've run the ball a total of 352 times for a ridiculous 2,969 yards. And that's just in nine games because of their win by forfeit against KPAC. Evan Bruschi may be the team's leading rusher, but it's just by 33 yards. Mark Heilig is the leading running back out of the backfield for the Orange and Black.
2: Yeah, he's the guy that they're going to utilize quite a bit. He plays in that the middle of that tee, the fullback. He likes those quick hitting spots I mentioned last week. He kind of plays that Carson Haleski role of previous years. So a lot of times he goes for two yards straight into the teeth of that defense, but if it's blocked properly and he makes that linebacker miss, he can go in a hurry. Your other guys, Logan Mueller was sort of the second half hero against Bad X. He's Definitely the third running back option in the backfield, but the true change of pace back. He's got eight touchdowns, excuse me, seven touchdowns on the year. He averages nine yards a carry. And then senior running back, Colin Oberski, is the true horse fullback, the bruising back, even though he had a 60 yard run last yeah, no week kidding. they can all beat you they all have their roles and when this team blocks appropriately they can simply wear you down in an evening of football
1: in the last three weeks the ugly bearcats have attempted just two passes despite that they have passed for nearly 400 yards and six scores all on just 22 attempts in 13 completions Leading the way would be Evan Bruski's favorite tight end and wide receiver, Kyle Sweeney.
2: Kyle Sweeney, no doubt uh, that tight end position is their best weapon when it comes through the air seven catches leads the team may not sound like a lot but 257 yards three of those went for touchdowns he averages 36 yards every time he catches the ball and then your, your drop off backs your dump off backs when he's not there colin oberski and matt brandle have a couple catches apiece uh, brandle having two touchdowns to boot
1: defensively you will not find a better team in the Gratham conference than the ugly bearcats every single week the bearcats have improved with less points allowed every week as the season has progressed of all these nine games they have held five of their opponents to their lowest point total something that does not happen by chance leading the led defense would be an undersized but overpowering linebacking core with aiden makoviak and canon bruski
2: and i'm glad you mentioned those two because they fill an important void left to graduation last year and they have simply gotten better as the season goes on and the best part they're both underclassmen aiden makoviak is just a junior 66 tackles on the year he's got two defensive touchdowns to go with it and Cannon and Peruski didn't even hear about him the first half of the year. He is a guy to be reckoned with on defense he's making a lot more plays just a sophomore but at five nine, one, five nine one seventy five he's got 47 tackles of his own and one of the team leaders last week with six against harbor beach
1: we are less than 15 minutes away from kicking off the district championship and it's the Ubly bearcats hosting the marlette raiders on the bank of the red at the cast server now the red cedar keep it locked on your home for high school football and up next we'll do a direct comparison between the red raiders and the bearcats it's all on the w sports network being powered by agar Valley services. As the crow flies, just 27 miles separate Marlette and Ubley High Schools, north by northeast. For those coming from Marlette tonight, it's a 38-minute journey. You can either take M53 to Atwater Road, but I would suggest Marlette Road to Jewel Road until M46, the north and M19. Tonight features the smallest in third small schools in the Grey Conference. Ubley at 170 in high school, a reduction of 8 over last year. According to the MHSAA, Marlette has 229 students, 12 less than last year. So if we're going by student enrollment only, it's Marlette by 59 students. Marlette and Ubley have faced off with each other every year since the Grey Rhythm Conference was formed in 97, with the exception of last year as they were scheduled to play in Week 3, but the season did not start until Week 4 due to COVID. All in all, they have played 24 times. Ubley leads the overall series 18-6, winning the last 6 of 7, and 7 of the last 10, The last victory for the Red Raiders came in back-to-back years, 35-26 in 2014, and 57-15 in 2013. This year, Ubley is averaging 43.7 on offense, the best in the Grizzam Conference. Marlette is close behind and at number two, scoring 39 points per game. So on offense, going by the averages, it's Ubley by 4.7 points. Marlette and Ubley squared off back in week number three, with Ubley winning 56-21. However, that game was tied 21-21 just a few minutes before halftime. On defense, Ubley also boasts the conference's best, allowing just 12.1 per game. Marlette has the sixth best defense, yielding 21.2 points for contest. so if we're going by defensive averages only, it's Ubley by 13.8. Las Vegas has set the line for the game in their confident line, unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and the Virginian Democratic Headquarters Sports Wagering Department set out factoring in all possibilities, stats, injury, weather, and location. The spread for tonight's game sits at, ugly, 18.5 points. Today is the 309th day of the year, I meaning just 56 days until New Year's Eve. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in tonight. Whether you're currently on your way home to the game on the way, the game's still on the fields, or perhaps you're flying home right now via Huron County Memorial Airport. Which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question. Local air traffic. Local Let, air traffic. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so from here at Herp Field, Huron <laughs> County Memorial Airport is located just five miles northwest. Marlette is also home to an airport, the Marlette Township Airport, located just southwest of town on the outskirts of town. Marlette Airport has two runways, each at roughly 3,500 feet. Banax has two runways as well, one at 3,500, and the main runway at 5,009 feet. On average, Dave, my first question to you is, on average, what airport has more air traffic in a week?
2: More air traffic in a week. I don't have a clue, so I'm going to take a guess, and I'm going to go with...
1: I'm gonna go with Marlette? Uh, you would be correct. Marlette averages 189, Bad Axe 121. That comes out to an average of 27 flights a day at Marlette Township Airport, 17 at Heron County Memorial, with a wide-trap variety of traffic, ranging anywhere from singer propeller planes to mid-sized jets in Bad Thanks in part to that longer runway, the airport in Bad which is managed by the Heron County Road Commission, just completed a complete overhaul of its main runway, runway 17 and 35, depending on what direction you're headed. An average of six inches of asphalt were put down for the surface. Dave, my second question to you. If you were to lay a square yard of asphalt one inch thick, how much would that weigh?
2: A uh, square yard yeah. one inch thick. Uh, yards are a, a specialty of mine, Clark. Okay. Um, but the, it's, the, it's the thickness and
1: the weight. Um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go 100 pounds. 110 pounds on average, which means the runway the new runway, the 5,009 feet, means there's over 27 million pounds of asphalt were used for that new runway. Altogether, that project to resurface runway 1735 at Huron County Memorial Airport cost $2.9 million, which was paid for by the Michigan Department of Transportation Aeronautics Division. They covered 95% of it in the remaining 5% from federal CARES Act dollars. So in short, it cost Huron County $0 for a brand new runway, taxiway, signage, and lighting. The project was triggered by the FAA requiring wider taxiways leading up to the runways. Maddox may be home to the airport, but Ubbly is home to the world-famous Ubbly Dragway. Dave, my final question, what is longer in length? The main runway at Huron County Memorial Airport, or the entire length of the Ugly Dragway?
2: <laughs> um, this
1: one could get you a drink in a bar somewhere. Th-
2: this one could. I'm going st- to stick with uh, the details you gave earlier. I'll, I'm going to stick with the, the the main runway.
1: Well, you'd be correct by about 1,800 feet, actually. Runway 1735 is 5,009 feet. The Ugly Dragway races on a quarter of a mile track, which is about 1,200 feet. But the entire length is in roughly 3,200 feet. And speaking of two teams with the pedals of the metal, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? We're going to start with the uh, the visiting
2: team, the Marlette Red Raiders. And, and I think this game starts for them. They have to slow the pace down and establish the running game first. And if they're able to do that, play-action pass will be a weapon early and often in this game. So we know they can run the football. Can they do it against Ubley? They did for a half. Can they maintain those drives and finish some drives? That's another question. But I do think if they're able to mix that running game and play action pass together, they can cause some problems for this undersized ugly defense. On this other side of the ball, I've I got to continue to keep my eye on that undersized offensive line for the for the Ugly uh, Bearcats, they are going to have to continue to win in the trenches. Doesn't matter if if these guys are a little bit bigger. Doesn't matter. They they understand where they need to be, how they chip, how they knock those guys off balance just for a split second and allow that running back to get through the gap. They need to continue to do that and establish their position in the trenches. And then for Marlette, don't panic. Don't panic. Last The last time they faced off in week three, that's exactly what they did. They were in this game for a half, 21-21 with about two minutes to go in the half before Ubley put up a touchdown to take the lead. And when they come out of the locker room, they panicked. They, they abandoned their, their, their play calling. They went to straight passing. Ubley was ready for it. They are the masters of making adjustments, and that's exactly what happened. They took them out of their game, and when you do that, the Ubley Bearcats win, and they win every single time. So for Marlette, stick with the game plan. Make things happen. You can hang around this game. It's four quarters long. They certainly have an ability to hang around and make this game interesting.
1: Current conditions in Ubley, Michigan are 43 degrees with partly cloudy skies. They're calling for a 2% chance of rain this evening. Similar to your milk uh, quality there. Winds are out of the south at 5 miles per hour and gusting up to 8 miles. Visibility is at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is at 30.32 inches and dropping. Watch out. And the dew point is at 34. It feels like it's 40 degrees out. The humidity is at 70%. Sunset is at 617 tonight, and we're currently in a waxing crescent moon phase, the second favorite moon phase of the WLW Sports Network. So I think it's safe to say it is a beautiful night for football. Sunrise at 814 this morning. Sunset at 617. So November 5th, 2021, we have 10 hours and 3 minutes of daylight. We have lost 3 hours and 26 minutes of daylight since our first broadcast. And a reminder, we fall back an hour this Sunday at 2 a.m. Ubley won the toss, elected to receive, so they'll start on offense. Your officials tonight, your referee, Tom Jablonski. Your umpire, Luke Schmigge. Headlinesman, Robert Hinoja. And line judge, Chris Shoemate. And your back judge, Brent Shoemate. The Marlette Red Raiders, they brought the band tonight, and we have a joint performance between the Ubbly Marching Band and the Marlette Marching Band with our Star Spangled Banner. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our national anthem in the district championship game. With a performance
0: of the Star Spangled Banner.
1: Like we said, the elderly Bearcats won and elected to receive to start this ball game. So let's take you through those offensive starters for the elderly Bearcats. At quarterback, a sophomore, making his 23rd start. As uh, play caller, that would be number 10, Evan Perusky. In his backfield, a three-man backfield in the straight tee, that would be number 14, Logan Mueller, a senior. We also have Mark Heilig, a junior, at fullback, number 27, and the senior in Calum number 47, six one, 180 pounds. At starting center, that would be... Number fifty, Cameron Ferris, a six foot two, hundred and eighty five pound junior. Left guard Aiden McKoviac, number fifty-seven, right guard, number sixty eight, Parker Peruski, left tackle, number seventy six, Mitchell Foot, a sophomore, and six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Right tackle, Ethan Gillig, and your tight ends would be Matt Brandle, number two, as well as number twenty-two, Kyle Sweeney, also the PAT holder for teams on special teams and the marlette red raiders of course their quarterback jason tenbush a 511 150 pound senior and the big wide receiver for the Marlette red raiders would be number 11 grant roberson also the punter on this team is six foot one 155 pound senior in the backfield would be travis fuller also as the kick returner for the marlette red raiders and also miles parker number 33 a 5 145 pound senior on the line at center would be number 71, Jack Maka. Your right tackle, Jeremiah Miller. In between them, the right guard would be number 55, Connor Kelly. Left guard, number 50, Brendan Whiteside, 5'9", 185 pounds. And your left tackle would be number 56, Aaron Bauer, a two 210-pound sophomore on that offensive line. Dave Hanson, first thoughts here from a beautiful night for playoff football this is
2: one of those nights it's I- been ideal that we finally got rid of some of the rain and all that garbage the field looks incredible the weather is perfect for these guys a little breezy but otherwise the field's in great condition compared to what some we've been hearing about yes. and uh, so i look forward to, no excuses there I look forward to a really uh, competitive football game and again excited to see marlette it's a team that we don't get to cover very often and uh, hoping that they can uh, help make this a really good game tonight
1: ethan marshall number two is the kicker for the Marlette Red Raiders also the wide receiver 6 foot 150 pounds also plays defensive back Marlette in their all white road uniforms red socks red numbers red helmets with a white face mask and they go for the onside kick again and it looks like it's very contested all the way to the 46 yard line no word yet from the officials whether Marlette has it or not as they're still waiting it looks a ugly ball at the 46 yard line so Marlette nearly gets the onside kick to start this ball game instead ugly on offense with favorable field position it was Chris Oswald that makes that uh, – well, covers up
2: the football for him, makes a nice bounce, and, and actually the front guys of Ubley didn't see it coming and bounced right by him. They're setting up the block, allowing the guys behind him to get the ball. And Marlette makes a heck of an effort to recover that. We didn't know for a couple seconds there if they got it or not. It was that close. But uh, not sure if they're going to do this all night or if that was the, just the opening kickoff, what they had planned to do. But nonetheless, the Bearcats recover, avoid a very uh, – not good start, but they will have excellent field position to start their first drive.
1: Evan Bruski under center. It's a handoff to Logan Mueller. Tries to go left gap, and he gets absolutely nowhere. Maybe out for a gain of a yard to the 47. Tackle made by Marlette's number 42. Kyler Chisholm, outside linebacker, six foot 190 190-pound senior. For Marlette's defense, a gain of a yard. Gets him up out, out to the 47-yard line, second down and nine.
2: So much of this game for Marlette is going to be just gap discipline. And sure, in tackling, like if you're in the right place, there's going to be an opportunity to make a tackle outside of Mark Heilig a lot of these guys they're not going to make you look foolish in space they are more of the physical style or that me Mueller and Obersky, and uh,
1: they did a nice job there to start this game with just a very little gain on first down Hubbley hands off to Mark Heilig he finds some breathing room gets across midfield all the way to the 48 yard line for a gain of five on the play. Tackle made once again by Kyler Chisholm for the Marlette defense. Third and short, third down and four for the Ugly Bearcats.
2: And just like that, there's nobody in the middle of the field. The outside linebacker is Chisholm again, comes on over and tackles him from behind. If, Mar- if, if he doesn't rotate over, there is nobody on this side of the field. And Mark Heilig, when he goes through the middle, he starts to cut to this near side. There is nothing but green grass. So it uh, could have been a big,
1: big run, but instead brings up third down and medium. Ubley in their home, black uniforms, orange numbers, white outline. Ubley U on their right hip, black helmets, black face mask. Evan Bruschi under center, three men backfield. Cal Niberski, Mark Heilig, Logan Mueller left to right across the backfield. Ubley going left or right across the radio. Marlette trying to draw... Ubley on a false start, no nowhere there, and we have a flag flying from the back judge, which is historically a delay of game, indeed it is, so instead of a third and four, this is going to be a third and nine for the Ugly Bearcats at midfield.
2: Very uncharacteristic penalty, normally uh, the Bearcats, if there's anybody that keeps an eye on the clock, maintains the clock, understands the situation, it's Ugly. but uh, Marlette did something interesting there, you, you saw a linebacker come right up to the football line of scrimmage, showing blitz, and the... Defensive tackle over top of the football flinched a little bit. He didn't come in the neutral zone. He didn't make contact with anybody. But I think it's done doubly a little bit and they hesitated for a split second and when they ran that clock down it ran out on them and that's a costly five-yard penalty third down and a long nine now for the Bearcats
1: on their own 47-yard line it's the quarterback keeper Evan Prusky around the left side he has the seam he cuts up he leaps across the 45 and finally brought down beyond the sticks for a new set of downs converting on third down brought down by Kyler Chisholm for the Marlette defense when all said and done he got all the way to the 41-yard line of Marlette First and ten for Ubley. And what we've seen in the couple games we've covered is when Ubley needed a bigger play. When third
2: down was a little too long, they kept it in the hands of Evan Peruski. Marlette did not seem to be ready for that. I'm not sure why that's the first option you have to take away in those long scenarios. But I gotta scratch my head. What 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 is Travis Fuller doing in the secondary? He goes down to cut down. Uh, the running back, Peruski, low. Peruski just looks at him and jumps right over him and continues down the
1: field for a first down. 12-yard gain for Evan Peruski. Sets up a first and 10 from the Marlette 41. Mark Hiley gets the handoff. He's across the 35, finally stopped at the 34. Kyler Chisholm with yet another tackle for Marlette's defense, but not until after a 7-yard gain. Second down and 3. ugly marching down Marlette's f- field.
2: And the way that I'll believe, way, the way that the Bearcats run this offense, Mark Heilig is the guy that wears you down. And if you're not ready for him, his run happens so quick. He's the first option in that fullback dive right up the middle. And if he gets between the defensive tackles, it could be a sprint at any time. So a back-breaking third down and nine play for the Red Raiders defense. And then right
1: away on first down, Mark Heilig hits him for a nice run on first down. Another handoff to Mark Heilig is across the 30. He looks like he has the first down by about a yard, maybe even two yards. Kyler Chisholm, a busy night for him so far. That is his sixth tackle in six plays for the Ubley offense. First and 10, conversion on second down this time. First and 10 from the Marlette 29. It's
2: it's pretty amazing because uh, Ubley's had three different ball carriers in three different directions. And for Kyler Chisholm to be on in every tackle uh, says something about his uh, vision and, and understanding of
1: where the ball is and to make those tackles. 8 10 remains in the first quarter. No score. Ubley on the first drive tonight. They're at the Marlette 29 yard line with a first and 10. In their favor, handoff to Kalen Bruschi lowers the shoulder all the way across, rumbles down to the 23-yard line, and we have a different tackler for the marlette Red Raiders. This one's Tristan, Tristan Creighton, stopping the perfect game for Kyler chisholm
2: <laughs> An absolute impossible perfect game, but uh, it, it was different having to go to the script and yeah, find say, to find somebody else's on name. It was uh, it was getting kind of nice, but. It was only a matter of time. That's what the Bearcats do when they start these drives. They get everybody going right away and try to find that hot hand early. And no surprise. Mark Heilig's got 17 yards during three carries but gets Colin Oberski's first carry
1: and, and he rewards him with six yards right away on first down. Second and four inside the 25 yard line. It's a handoff to Colin Oberski again across the 20 and stopped right there after a three yard gain. Stop made by Tristan Creighton. Obviously they switched hands there. Now a third down and a yard to go right at the 20 yard line for the Ugly Bear Dance inside the red zone. And
2: Colin Oberski tries the right side back to back plays which Ugly does more than anybody. to get a successful play they go right back to it and it was very successful again as they get that three plus yards that they want every time they hand the ball off and third down becomes
1: just one yard away 650 remains in the first quarter a third and one it's a handoff to mark heilig he has the first down and gets all the way out to looks like about the 16 yard line they needed a yard and instead he got four tackle made by marlette's jeremiah miller defensive lineman six foot two 230 pound uh, senior
2: I love how Heilig handles that because it, when you're watching this play from where we're at, the line of scrimmage is completely bottled up, and when he gets the football, he simply just goes over top of those defenders. It looks like a one-yard game, but by the time he's done extending that football, fighting for the extra yardage, he gets four and makes
1: it look effortless. Almost halfway through this first quarter, Ugly's still on the first possession this evening. It's a handoff to Kalnaburski, rumbles across the 10, is dropped right there after a seven-yard gain tristan creighton with his third tackle tonight makes the stop after an eight-yard gain at the nine-yard line second down and two upcoming and you see colin oberski on the left side in the
2: backfield over top the left shoulder of evan peruski so when he comes through after all the fakes go by he's coming through with momentum left to right crossing that right tackle and when he gets rumbling there's nobody near it takes a defensive back to make him down and if you're going to stop the wing t offense you have to make stops on first down if you allow them to get what they just did eight yards on first down they will run all over you
1: the rest of the evening from the nine yard line on the right side of your radio it's a handoff to cal naberski he gets down to the seven yard line a two yard pickup and that should be very close to the first down marker set made by jack Maka, defensive lineman a junior six foot one 220 pounds and we have the officials looking at this one and they're saying first down move the chains another conversion this time on second down
2: absolutely and now it's going to bring up first down and goal for Ubley and putting together a drive that nobody can do just like the Bearcats love to do is they hold the football for over half the quarter or five and a half minutes to go in the first quarter Ubley had the ball the entire time no huge plays but just five six seven yards a crack and here they are with their chance to score right away in this first quarter
1: first and goal from the seven is quarterback keeper Evan Brusky. jukes he's in in the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. The Bearcats strike first with 5:11 left in the first quarter. A seven-yard dash on the cornerback keeper from Evan Bruski makes it 6-0 with a PAT upcoming. Ubley on the board first. And even though this wing-T team... Any
2: one of these guys can beat you at any time. But Mark Heilig, Evan Peruski, they are the guys that can make you miss in space. And when you run the ball that well, Colin Oberski through the right side, back-to-back, three, four runs in a row, getting a first down. That defense starts to cheat that way to try and help out. They sell all the fakes in that direction. Evan Peruski keeps it to the far side of the field, the left side of your radio. And there's one guy there, and he doesn't stand a chance. One change of direction by Peruski, and he strolls into the end zone untouched for the cat's first score of
1: the night long snapper that would be evan bruski just scored the touchdown kyle sweeney the holder and brett mueller the kicker this has the distance it has the accuracy it is seven nothing brett mueller makes it for the ugly bearcats with 5 11 left in the first quarter it's ugly seven marlette nothing on the w sports network Ubley's kick from Brett Miller gets all the way down to the 9-yard line. It's muffed by Colin Miller at the 9, but he gets picks it up and he gets out to the 15-yard line for a 6-yard gain. First and 10 for the Marlette Red Raiders trailing 7-0 after Ubley marched 11 plays down the field, took 6 minutes and 49 seconds off the clock, and then replaced it with 7 points, making it 7-0 Ubley leading.
2: And it's one of the small details that we really didn't talk about in the pregame that is definitely in favor of the Bearcats and its special teams. Uh, Playmaker-wise, you can say that that's a draw, but Brett Mueller is a difference maker. You see him kick it inside to 10, and you Marlette now going to start inside their own 15-yard line where Ubley almost
1: started at midfield to start the game. Starting in a, what I'll call a funky single wing, and it's a handoff right up the gut for marlette gets out to the 17 yard line number 42 the ball carrier kyler chisholm on this carry gets out for two yards second down and eight it's
2: a very unique single wing we have other teams in the area that runs it but this this team is packed up on the line of scrimmage just like a wing t team everybody's on the line of scrimmage and then they what they do is there's extra pulling guards everybody's pulling through the hole uh, they call it trying to make a funnel and instead of one one guard pulling and trying to pick up a linebacker they might pull uh, an end a guard they, they'll pull all different types of guys. They have two guys behind the the left guard and right guard, also with lead blockers.
1: And it's a handoff to Kyler Chisholm out of the backfield, out of the shotgun single wing, and it's a tackle made by Mark Heilig as Chisholm gets out for a gain of no gain on that, actually, according to the spot. Third down and eight, upcoming from their own 17-yard line.
2: Well, they like said everybody's on the line. They have their two backs that would normally be in the wing T. You see them right behind both guards, with the quarterback in the shotgun, and then the other running back near him. And that's how they run their offense. So those backs are pulling through whatever gap they want to run through. The tight end will pull. The guard. They could pull three guys in the same play if they want to, with the way this offense is run. Which is why, as you mentioned, Clark, it can look quite silly at times but they're trying to overload sides without giving away which direction
1: they're going and uh, speaking of this they're gonna they're gonna go shotgun with three receivers clark and we have a call dot, called timeout by denny lester and the red raiders with 339 left in the first quarter it's seven nothing i'll be leading the marlette red raiders in the district championship right here on the wlw sports network Marlott calling their first time out of the evening. They're facing a third and eight from their own 17-yard line. Marlott on the spread formation. Tenbush in the shotgun by his lonesome now. Two wide each way for the Red Raiders in their road white uniforms. Man in motion. That would be Travis Fuller. And back to pass. Tenbush rolls to his right to the far sideline. Going to throw this downfield. And it's brought in by Colin Miller on the far sideline across the 30. Converse on third down. They needed eight yards, and he got all the way out for about 15 yards and that one stop made by Cal Sweetie.
2: So if you're Marlette, you do not want to have to lean on the play that just happened. They they do a ton of motion. They got guys moving in all different directions, trying to throw Ablee off, but they tip their hat. They know when they put a guy in motion, the Ubley defender follows. So it tells them it's man-to-man coverage. And in coverage that time was Kyle Sweeney. But Tenbush does a great job feeling the pressure, rolls to his right, and makes a throw on the run in extremely tight coverage by Kyle Sweeney. But enough for a first down for Marlette.
1: Out of the spread is a handoff to Kyler Chisholm. Breaks out of two tackles across midfield into Ugly territory and finally brought down inside the 45 by number 10, Evan Bruski for the Ugly secondary. A huge run that started the 33-yard line of Mar- Marlette's own territory inside Ubley's territory at the 41. You saw in the first series that Ubley had the ball. It was third down and nine, and
2: they get a they get a big play to get a first down. The defense then, on the, the next swing play, gives up another big play. Here it is again, the other side of the ball. Marlette gets a big conversion for a first down. What do they do? They run it for another big play. comes back to back, and now you're going to see them after a, a single wing run go to four wide receivers.
1: A spread formation, another handoff to Chisholm. And he goes right up the gut, and he gets out for a hard-fought yard to the 40-yard line as Ubley's front line was there to snuff sniff that one out right away. Number 79, that would be Candon Beruski on the stop. Linebacker, second out and nine from the LB 40-yard line. 229 left in the first. It's 7-0 Ubley. Marlott on their first drive tonight
2: nice response there by the Bearcat defense they just give up back-to-back big plays back-to-back first down and with the ball now on the 40-yard line they come
1: up with a big stop allowing virtually no gain by that running back. Rowerson wide left Tembush looking to pass now scrambles to his right and he's going to try and get out of bounds he does for a loss of three on the play forced out of bounds by Chris Oswald the defensive end forcing him out. And stops the clock with 204 here in the first quarter, and Marlette's gonna be facing a third down and twelve. I like I like the I like the play action call
2: there. The offensive line holds up pretty well, but Tim Bush still feels like there's pressure. He rolls out to his right. And when you look down the field, Ubley has everybody covered. You see Marlet's receivers roll to that side to try and help him, but they get bottled up. Somebody has to come to the sideline. Somebody has to come closer to the ball. And the third one has to go down the field and split up a little bit. Ubbly, though. Question their pass
1: defense before the game started. Excellent job on that play. Two receivers each wide and ro- throwing downfield to Roberson, and this one is off the mark as Roberson threw in or came into the middle field with that pass from Tenbush, and it went to the near sideline instead. Falls incomplete, fourth and 12 for Marlette at the Ugly 43-yard line. So for a lot of our listeners,
2: Roberson is arguably
1: – if not the, one of the
2: best wide receivers, playmakers, guys that go up and get it at its peak. He got away with one there, in my opinion, because when he got to the point where he wanted to look for the football, there's two-hands extension. He puts his Matt Brandl right off of him. Um, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on, but when he turned around for the football, it was too late. He needs to locate the football instead of worry about pushing off. I think he could have made a huge catch there. there. That is a mismatch. Roberson is significantly taller, and when he goes
1: up and gets the ball, he is tough to defend. Tough assignment for Matt Brandl, but he wins that round fourth and 12 marlette going for it from the 43 throwing downfield ten Bush to the near far sideline and this one is intended for travis fuller over his head out of bounds and ugly's defense holds strong marlette comes up empty-handed and turns the ball over on downs Ugly back on offense with a minute 53 left in the first quarter leading seven nothing
2: i'm not sure if that's i trust my offense too much or i don't trust my defense at all there with that call on fourth down and extremely long but two things got to happen different from Marlette if you're going to run that play on fourth down and 12 your quarterback can't throw it out of bounds uh, he gave his receiver no chance to go up and make a play and if I'm going to throw it in coverage I'm throwing it to Roberson he did not do that there and that is a good thing for the Bearcats and that pass defense stands strong and puts it in their hands of their offense for the second time
1: tonight Oblique coming out uh, wing teed to the right and it's Cal Noberski gets the handoff and he's finally stopped at the 49 yard line after a six yard gain stop made by Travis Fuller out of the secondary 5'9", 150 pound a senior for this Marlette squad. Second down, three and a half to go for the Ubley Bearcats right at midfield. Nice run there by
2: the Bearcats and that's what they're going to try and do to this Marlette team all night long is they're going to keep their offense on the field, they're going to slow down the pace, and they're going to try to grind out first downs in it If Mark Heilig or somebody else hits him for a big one, they'll be happy. But for otherwise, they want to keep Tim Bush in that offense
1: right where they are, on sidelines or playing defense. Wing T to the right, Logan Mueller, the wing back to the right. And Cal Nabriskie gets another handoff, and he's brought down at the Marlette 49-yard line by Brendan Whiteside, the middle linebacker, 5'9", 185-pound senior. A gain of a yard, third down and a yard to go, maybe a yard and a half there probably inside marlette territory less than a minute's play here in the first quarter so you saw this on the last series
2: they went about three runs in a row to orberski to the right side to the near side our side of the field and then just when they needed that touchdown run peruski kept it to his left the opposite side after they had marlette leaning the wrong way keep an eye on peruski
1: to keep it again here one more time coming up same formation wing t to the right Evan Burski under centers a handoff to Mark Heilig has the first down he's finally dropped to the 44 after a gain of five they needed just a yard and a half tackle made by number 42 Kyler Chisholm when in doubt say his name first and ten for the LB Bearcats converting on third down and they had the right idea they they run it they fake that
2: run to O'Berski, and and that's where the defense leans and they hit him with that quick fullback handoff to Heilig right up the middle he does not leave that direction straight away towards the end zone. Gets plenty, four or five yards, and another set of downs
1: here to end the quarter. And we've reached the end of the first quarter with a 7-0 ball game. Ugly Bearcats in favor on top and back on offense right here on the W. LLW Sports Network, 7-0 after 12 minutes of play against the Marlette Red Raiders. <laughs> Played 12 minutes the ugly bearcats lead 7-0 over the marlette red raiders ugly back on offense inside marlette territory at the 45 yard line it's a handoff right up the gut that would be mark Heilig on the carry stop made by tristan creighton defensive end for the marlette red raiders after a three maybe four yard gain out of the 41 yard line second out and six upcoming
2: uh, that's a better job for marlette out of the break the break-even for this offense for, uh, probably is three yards. If they get three or more, they feel very confident that they're going to get a first down or more and complete a drive for a touchdown. Marlette's been giving up six and seven-yard plays, especially on first down. So the fact that they cut it down to four is a much better start. We'll see how they respond on second down.
1: Wing T to the right. Mueller the wing back to the right. Prewski under center. Second down and six. Quarterback keeper to the left side. Marlette's trying to swarm to him. Evan Bruski somehow makes that into a three-yard gain. Down to... The 38-yard line tackle made by Kyler Chisholm the outside linebacker that would be his seventh tackle tonight third down and four upcoming for the ugly bearcats well that's an even better
2: run than you even said clark because when that plays marlette's got that completely sniffed out jason tenbush the opposing quarterback sniffs it out he comes flying in the backfield but peruski hits the brakes and tenbush misses wildly great change of direction abilities by evan peruski and then he's able to like you said dive ahead and take whatever he can get and keep this wing t offense right where it needs to be third down and four
1: back to the straight t no chase Third down and four. It's a handoff to Logan Mueller. He gets tripped up right at the first down mark. Actually, a yard short at the 36-yard line. Kyler Chisholm with his eighth tackle tonight brings up a fourth down and a yard to go for the Ubley Bearcats in Marlette territory at the 36-yard line. 7-0, Ubley leading on offense.
2: And for Marlette, they're going to have to do that. Recognize the football and swarm tackle. They Because if you just try to one-on-one these, these Bearcat running backs, they will fight for that extra yard every single time and get it. So that's a good series there by Marlette. It's fourth down and
1: one, but in that territory, the Bearcats, this is go time for them. T-formation going for it on a fourth and one from the 36-yard line, left side of your radio. Kalnaburski has the first down. He's rumbling all the way down to the 25 and finally dropped at the 21-yard line. Stop made by Jason Tenbush out of the secondary. They needed a yard out to the 35-yard line, and Kalnaburski got him down to the 21, a 15-yard pickup.
2: Yeah, need one, give me 15, and that's why this team is when it's fourth down and three or less they're going for it because they know that their offensive line and their schemes can get them three yards whenever they need it that one goes for 15 and Kyle Naberski running with a little extra motivation in another gear tonight and that one they're running people
1: over for that 15 yard gain the W Bearcats must be in the dairy business because they are milking this clock for all it's worth so far tonight this drive started with a minute 53 left in the first quarter it's already nine and a half left in the second quarter First and ten from the Marlette, 21-yard line. Hand off to number 14, Logan Mueller. Breaks out a one tackle in a second effort, maybe even a third effort. Gets down to the 15-yard line for a six-yard gain. Tackle made by Tristan Creighton, defensive end senior for Marlette. A gain of six, sets up a second down and four. Then he get down to the 11-yard line for a new set of downs.
2: Nice job by Mueller following his lead blocker there, Parker Peruski, who picks up the defensive tackle. He also blocks Chisholm out on that play, picks up two different guys, and that springs Mueller free as he ran into kind of that barricade behind Peruski but able to counter off of him and
1: take what could have been no gain all the way up the field for six more yards. Wing D to the left this time, splitting the hash marks, far left side of the radio. Evan Prusky in center, second down and four for the Bearcats. Mark Hiley gets the handoff. He's inside the 10-yard line, has the first down before he's stood up in four progresses, stopped at the 10. Travis Fuller on the stop for the Marlette Red Raiders, but not until after a fresh set of downs for the Ugly Bearcats. First and goal to go from the 10-yard line. And this is now... This is a big series for Marlette because to go down two
2: scores this early in the game and you've only had one possession, the second quarter is well on its way with 8 minutes and 20 seconds to go. 16 minutes to play so far. 16 minutes gone. You've been on the field for one series and you could be down by two scores. Just seems impossible to them. So if they can make some kind of stop here this game is well in their grasp, but to go down two scores of the way this Bearcat offense is handling the clock, uh, this could be
1: devastating early in this first half. Probably having 13 minutes of time possession so far. Wing T to the right. Peruski hands it off to Cal Naburski. Three white jerseys try to bring him down, but not until the seven-yard line Lead the way. Kyler Chisholm for the Marlette Red Raiders. That is his sixth, or excuse me, his ninth tackle, ninth tackle tonight. We're now only halfway through the second quarter. Second down goal to go from the seven.
2: He could take the rest of the night off. That's usually <laughs> (laughs) a pretty good night nine tackles he's got it middle of the second quarter but it goes to show uh two things where ubley is making their plays and that's right into the teeth of this defense and chisholm's ball recognition
1: to chase these backs down all over the place wing back to the right that'd be number 79 Candon peruski normally plays guard for the LB Bearcats, Persky under center. is a handoff right up the middle to Mark Heilig. Spins out his first tackle and on a second effort, gets down to the four-yard line for a three-yard gain. Tackle made by Kyler Chisholm, the outside linebacker, once again for Marlette. Ten tackles tonight. Well, if the, if this keeps if this keeps
2: going, Daniel, you can take half of these series off the way it's going because... That's uh, he's all over the football though. You got to give him credit. We're, we're laughing about it, but he f- locates the football well. And it, in an offense that does that excels on you not knowing where they're going
1: from play to play. He certainly knows where it's going. He has an idea where it's going. He's been in on ten of these tackles already. Third and goal to go from the four yard line. Come on, Evan Bruschi, inner center. Wing T to the right, working off left hash. cornerback keeper to the right side. Evan Peruski with the convoy in front of him. Gets down, dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley! Evan Peruski with his second score of the night. This time a four-yard dive. 6.33 left in the second quarter. Ubley makes it 13-0 over the Marlette Red Raiders.
2: Yeah, and you, when you saw they put Peruski out there, the, my first thought was, think bad X, think what they do with Jake McPhee. And what they did is when they brought him in, They ran completely away from him. They ran Colin Oberski to the left side. Then they ran Mark Heilig to the left side. But what does that set up on third down and goal? They sell that fake to Oberski and then spin your quarterback, Peruski, to that far side follow the other Peruski. You're following Matt Brandl over there in the tight end position and as Clark said, that convoy of blockers out front. Marlette had plenty of defenders, but way too many guys on the offensive side making those blocks and when Peruski gets a chance to cut he's the most dangerous and he cuts and dives into the end zone for his second score of the night.
1: Brett Mueller trying to hit Gemini down there in downtown and I think he does with that extra point. It's 14-0 with 6.33 left in the second quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Probably on top over Marlette. 14-0, Ubley leading the Marlette Red Raiders. As that drive, 7 minutes and 20 seconds long, 12 plays, 57 yards, results in a 4-yard touchdown run. Evan Pruski's second of the evening. Mueller with the extra point makes it 14-0. Ubley with three first downs in that drive, and this kick goes into the end zone for a touchback from Brett Mueller. So the Marlette Red Raiders will start at their own 20-yard line, 633, before the half is over.
2: And that's probably a good thing for Marlette because the last time Mueller kept it on the field, uh, they did not return it very far, if you remember correctly. So at least this drive will start out a little bit further, but this feels... Like a must-have drive for Marlette. I know it's six and a half to go in the first half, but this is only their second possession of the night, and they're down two scores already. And this is just not a team you want to fall behind on because they can simply control the clock, which has been the story of
1: this first half. 14 minutes and nine seconds on two drives for the LB Bearcats. Marlette's been on the field on offense for three minutes and 18 seconds starting this drive. 6.33 left in the second quarter, 14-0, uply leading Marlette. Marlett coming out in the spread formation, three wide to the right, one to the left. Tembush throws to the far sidelines brought in by Roberson, but there's Marlett to meet him right upon the catch, out to the 26-yard line. They're gonna mark him down there after a six-yard gain. Stop made by Ubley's 42. 47, excuse me, Colin Oberski, defensive end, as well as number two, Matt Brandle.
2: Yeah, Matt Brandle in coverage, and you'll see Colin Oberski show blitz, and then when he sees the pass coming, he stops and recovers over to Roberson's side of the field. Remember, he is their talented wide receiver, the guy that you're going to have to double team
1: to do a good job of swarming him as soon as he makes the catch. According to the spot, as a five-yard catch. It's a handoff right up the middle for the Marlette offense. Number 42, the ball carrier, Kyler Chisholm. On the carry there, he does it all. After just a two-yard gain, tackle made by Kyle Naburski again, third down and three. So
2: this is an offense when they spread it
1: out. They still want
2: to run the football. They just want to make sure that Ubley's front four is as good as theirs
1: with the one linebacker in the middle of the field playing, trying to stop the run. Marlette showing some tempo now. Two wide each way in the shotgun would be Jason Tenbush running back to off his right hip. That would be Kyler Chisholm looking to the sideline. Trying to get the call here, facing a third down and three from their own 27-yard line. First down marker at the 30. Kyle for the audible, a little bit of a low snap, and a hand out to Chisholm in black jersey swarm, but Chisholm keeps those legs pumping, and he gets all the way to the 30-yard line, and this should be enough to move the chains kid and peruski staying up kyler chisholm and that man moved a pile get him into the quarry to move some rocks as well that was a heck of a run from chisholm wow the
2: bearcats show blitz and it, to me it looked like marlette audibled right into the blitz but didn't that, matter all the credit to chisholm because he was hit two yards short by two different jerseys peruski was one of them and he's able to get enough leverage to fight for that 30-yard line and enough for a first down. Very impressive run by Chisholm.
1: 4.50 and counting here in the second quarter. Ugly 14, Marlette nothing, but Marlette just converting a third down for a fresh set of downs at their own 30-yard line. Same formation in the shotgun would be their quarterback Jason Tenbush a senior looking to pass rolling to his right looking downfield nothing there yet he throws to it inside the flats it's brought in by Tristan Creighton inside the 40 gets all the way out to the 41 and that's going to be a 12 yard pickup actually 11 yard pickup to the 41 enough to move the chains first down for Marlette
2: interesting play there is a design roll to the right it's a design screen pass and uh, at a higher level Marlette would get penalized on this play because the receiver uh, down the field was number 20 and that's Tristan Creighton and I don't know if you saw it Dan but down here at about the 50 yard line he's got his back to the ball already starting to block so it's a designed screen pass but the play took so long Ubley had it covered so well he was already blocking for the balls even thrown which you cannot do but eventually that
1: receiver is open because of how much time the quarterback buys by rolling out to his right. Creighton in motion is a handoff right up the middle to try to Kyler Chisholm he blasted that line he gets bounced off that tackler and then he gets brought down by another tackler but after a gain of a yard out to the 42 yard line <laughs> Adam Mokoviac on the stop, the linebacker for Ugly, second out of nine. I'm <laughs> having fun watching this Chisholm play yeah. out there
2: but Ubley has a, has a leverage here. They are reading these plays very well because you can see these linebackers reacting to the play call. And that time, Cannon Perusky in there again lays a big hit on Chisholm, but I'm not so certain Chisholm didn't get the better end of that bargain again. And it smash at the line of scrimmage. They both bounce off each other, but Chisholm does not go down, as you mentioned, Clark, and he fights ahead for that yard. I know it's only a yard, but that was a big hit that he withstand and still made... Positive yardage out of
1: second and nine for the 42, and it's a handoff to 42. That would be Chisholm, and on a second effort, that man does not go down without a fight. He's all the way onto the 44 yard line for a two yard gain. Stop made by number 77, Ethan Gillig, nose guard, six foot two, 195 pounds senior for the LED events third down in seven for the Marlette Red Raiders and they call their second time out of this first half with 253 left in the first half it's Ubley 14 Marlette nothing Marlette facing the third and seven in their own territory right here on the WLW Sports Network Third and seven for Marlette Red Raiders coming out of their second timeout. They're at their own 44-yard line. Then you get to the ugly 49. Two receivers to the left, three to the right. Lone backfield for Jason Tenbush looking to pass. Staying in the pocket, throwing downfield. It is brought in by Tristan. Creighton has the first down. Gets out to the Marlette or the ugly 46-yard line before he's dropped by Chris Oswald. Defensive end for the ugly Bearcats. A third down conversion for the Marlette Red Raiders staying at offense. First and 10 from the ugly 46.
2: Empty backfield. They got three receivers to the right, and that's the direction they go. Hubbley plays a little bit of soft coverage, and you see number one that time turned around Travis Fuller he gets right to the first down marker maybe a yard beyond it turns around you see both hands go up in the air I'm wide open and Jason Tenbush puts it right on the money they get a nice throw and catch for a first down a little bit too soft to coverage there by the Bearcats but they keep it in front of them but Marlette gets a
1: very important first down Roberson and Miller wide left throwing pass to the left as well this one is overthrown and nearly could have been intercepted easily by Matt Randall over the outreached hands of number 11, Roberson, in the flats. And that one falls incomplete, second down and 10 at the Ubley 47.
2: I'm not sure why Tenbush pump faked. He he had his favorite receiver wide open as uh, Ubley kind of falls into a bit of a zone there. And instead of, I guess I should say, Roberson does the right thing. Instead of continuing his slant route into the defender where they're planted, he stops. And I think that confused Tenbush just long enough for when he pump faked he just let it go a little early, and that floated
1: luckily to the ground. Between were three defenders. Absolutely. There was uh, Evan Peruski, Matt Brandl, both in the area uh, with a chance to take that ball away. Roberson, the wide receiver, just buys Lonesome to the left, option to the left. Tembush pitches it out, and it hits the turf, and it's still loose, and it looks like it's going to pull an Indiana University and goes out of bounds. Way back in the days, the lead Corso there, follows a, uh, a two-yard loss from Tenbush there on the pitch. Brings up a third down and 12 to go for Marlette.
2: I like what Tenbush does there. He fakes it to try to keep the ball for himself, and when they don't fall for it, then he pitches it again, but those receiver, or him and his running back, are only a couple yards apart, and uh, he had some steam behind that pitch and uh, <laughs> it deflected right off the fingertips of Chisholm, and they're lucky that that ball
1: then wasn't recovered by the Bearcats as it bounced harmlessly out of bounds. These red uniforms kind of remind to remember the Titans on that pitch. <laughs> Three receivers to the right, one to the left. That would be Roberson in the shotgun. Tenbush, and we have a whistle just before that snap. And this will be a timeout called by Jim Becker and the Bearcats on defense. Two oh seven remain in the first half. It's fourteen nothing. Ugly leading Marlette on the W L W Sports Network. 3rd and 12 for the Marlott Red Raiders as Ubley calls their first timeout of this first half. Two receivers to the right and actually number 1 Travis Fuller joins him over there for trips to the right. Roberson by his lonesome working off the left side. Working off that left hash as well. Tenbush in the shotgun. A little of a low snap has to pick it up. Black Jersey chases him down. He just throws this one away. And ten, the closest receiver was Tristan Creighton as number 61. Got in the backfield for the LB Bearcats. Logan Vollmering. And he was chasing Tenbush down with authority forces him to throw it away, and it's now a 4th and 12
2: yeah, I'm not sure if that that play design was uh, was going to get enough for the first down, but you can see that they wanted Tim Bush to get on the run, get him to have that deep side of the field. Our side here has a lot of room to run with the ball on the left hash, and you can see guys coming across the field, different depths, trying to find out who's open try to cut this down from fourth from third and 12 to maybe fourth and manageable but uh, with that bad snap the play goes nowhere
1: and uh, Marlette gonna have to punt this away with 202 to go in the first half Roberson the punter for Marlette this one is away it's a high kick but not very far it bounces at the 30 good bounce for Marlette inside the 30 stops at the 28 yard line and stopped by number 62 that'd be Nathan Abbott a junior 5'8 160 pounds puns this one away and ugly back on offense with the minute 52 before the half is over leading 14 nothing over marlette
2: and this is uh, where it gets interesting you the marlette uh, coach lester there he would have loved to have had one more first down because worst case scenario uh they have the ball going into the half whether they score or not so with with minute 52 to go the bearcats now have a chance to really put this game out of way out of the way here early and you'll see i'll be spread it out a little bit with two receivers
1: one each direction Peruski back to pass, rolling to his right, looking downfield. Now he's going to keep it for himself. He has positive yards. He has the first down. Spins out of that tackle. It's finally ripped down at the 45-yard line by number 23, Colin Miller for the Marlette defense. A gain of 17 on the play. Evan Peruski and the Bearcats in hurry-up mode here now. First and 10, a minute 43 left in the first half. And I think they have two timeouts in their pocket, Clark, so
2: keep that in mind. But notice on that play, when Peruski rolls out to the right, He doesn't see the one receiver he likes. He's already made up his mind. He's keeping the football, and he makes that Marlette defense
1: pay on first down. Prusky rolling to his left, looking to pass this time. Chucks this downfield, left-handed, and it's uh, out of reach of Matt Brandle as he was diving to that near sideline of the 30-yard line. Incomplete, Stops the clock with a minute 22 left. Second down, 10 to go for the LB Bearcats at their own 45-yard line, right to left across right radio right now. Uh, it may have been incomplete,
2: but he did throw it on the run, and he threw it out front of his receiver where only his guy could make a play on it. Those are both very smart decisions. Matt Brandl, just a little bit out of his way. He wasn't able to get his hands on it. It does fall incomplete. The other thing is the clock stops. I gets to keep both timeouts. Ball thrown, 45-yard line, minute 22 to go. This offense is more than capable of getting in even field goal range, keep in mind yes. for Brett Mueller.
1: They're almost there already at their own 45-yard line. Matt Brandle wide to the left. Two men in the backfield. Bruski's on her center. It's gonna be a handoff to Colin He runs over his defender at the 49-yard line for a four-yard gain for Kalnobruski on his third a second down. Second down and 10. Tackle made by Brendan Whiteside. Third down and six upcoming from their own 49.
2: And I like that. If you're ugly, you can't completely abandon the run. You've done a fine job of scoring this first half with the runs. You had to mix some of it in, but I fully expect now under a minute to go with third down and six that they might let per- uh, Peruski run around a little bit
1: and make a decision. To the right, and it's a run for Peruski to the left side. He has the first down. He's still on his feet at the 41. is finally tackled out of bounds by Travis Fuller at the third. 39-yard line. That's a gain of 12 on the play. Move the chains into Marlette territory, stopping the clock with 44 seconds left in this first half.
2: That's exactly right. The only difference is I thought they would give him an option to throw the ball. That was a designed run uh, where he keeps it and runs to the far side of the field. The ball on the far hash, he brings it all the way to this side of the field, uses his leverage, uses his angles, and cuts as gets as much yard as he can, gets the first down and gets out of bounds to
1: stop the clock. I was giving Eric Sweeney a hard time that before the game that Ubley's ran the same place since 1962 and he said hey we've we've thrown some new plays in we're seeing them here tonight as well absolutely but I wouldn't have been surprised if he told you why change they still work <laughs> well, that's what I told him first and 10 from their own from Marlet's 39 Peruski rolling to his right looking to pass downfield it is in the hands of Calum Oberski he's brought down at the 22 yard line for a 17 yard pickup Tackle made by Marlette's Tristan Creighton. Move the chains, and we have a whistle and a timeout called by the Ugly Bearcats with 37 seconds left here in the first half. We'll stick with you 14 0. I'll be leading new set of downs inside the red zone of the 20-yard line. Dave Hanson, what are you going to see here?
2: Uh, Absolutely. More of the same for the Bearcats. They are going to continue to leave everybody spread out a little bit and they're just going to let Peruski roll around and make decisions. And I love the fact when they give him a pass run option. And in that situation he had the ability to throw it downfield and you could just see that soft coverage by Marlette. They let Colin Oberski run right behind him. He's normally the dump-off threat. He acted as the tight end there. And when he got to the first marker he kicked it out to the sideline and even though Peruski had to throw across his body now keep in mind he rolls to his right he's left-handed he's got to throw across his body and then throw to that near sideline and he throws a bullet right on the numbers Oberski's able to haul it in too easy of a throw and catch Marlette has to know these pass plays are coming, but they're so afraid of Peruski tucking
1: and running it that they're allowing wide-open receivers, and Peruski won't make them, won't miss those either. Marlette's last drive, 4 minutes and 41 seconds. Three first downs, two for three on third downs, which set up a punt into the hands of the Bearcats. They started their own 28-yard line. They are now at the Marlette 20-yard line with 37 seconds before the half is over. Obli Mar- coming out. Two receivers to the right in the spread formation. Mark Heilig off the left hip of Evan Peruski. And Peruski rolling to his left again. Looking to pass downfield. It lets us throw it in the middle of the field. It's in and out of the hands. It is dropped by luke volmering right at the th- at the five yard line incomplete but it stops the clock with 31 seconds left here in the first half second down in 20 from the marlette 20.
2: Uh, it feels like a bummer for ubli but they can't be disappointed there was open receivers all over the place i actually thought he was going to throw it in the back corner of the end zone colin oberski came open late it would have taken a, a head of a heck of a throw to get it while on the run to get it in that back corner of the end zone but I think if he just saw it on time he could have made it happen but he finds the even more open receiver and Volmering's going to wish he had that one back a perfect throw right on the numbers just simply drops it while trying to tuck it
1: and a big break for the Red Raiders one receiver wide each way two men in the backfield Peruski under center rolls to his left, looking to pass yet again, scrambling to the near sideline, gonna keep it for himself inside the 15 and runs out of bounds at about the 14 yard line for a six yard gain with 24 seconds left, stops the clock. Brewski marked down at the 14 and a half yard line, third down, Four to go for the Ubbly Bearcats.
2: And for Ubbly, I expect the same, but knowing with 24 seconds left, two things. They have a timeout, and they have a kicker that can make a field goal from this range, no problems asked. The run game is not out of the equation here. After multiple times of just snapping it to Evan Peruski and letting him roll out make decisions down the field, don't be shocked if they run the football here, because they certainly can.
1: And I don't know if Marlette would expect it. Luke Valmering wide to the right, wide left. Matt brandle in the backfield. Two running backs. Paruski under center, staying in the pocket, throwing downfield to Kyler Sweeney. is hit at the three-yard line, spins out of that tackle into the end zone. Kyle Sweeney from 15 yards out brings in the reception from Evan Bruski for the third score of the night for the Ubly Bearcats with 19 seconds before the half is over. It's Uly 20, Marlette nothing, a PAT on the way. Well, it's just amazing. The Ubly
2: Bearcats take seven, eight minutes off the clock in the first quarter to score a touchdown. And when they need to, they can score a touchdown in a minute 50. And they just did it right there. And the Brett Mueller extra
1: point is on the way. The PAT from Mueller is up. It is good. It's now 21-0 with 19 seconds left here in the first half. Humbly blanking Marlette through the first 23 minutes of play right here on the WLW Sports Network. On that scoring drive, minute 33 off the board, 72 yards, eight plays. Results in a 15-yard catch by Kyle Sweeney. And the PAD from Mueller, who just kicked it out of the back of the end zone yet again for a touchback. So Marlette will start trailing by 21 points with 19 seconds on the board at their own 20-yard line.
2: And just like that, special teams, it, it, it makes a difference in these games. He's Brett Mueller's tacked on three extra points in this game, and he's had back-to-back kickoffs now that have gone through the back of the end zone. And with 19 seconds to go, I imagine Marlette will not be too aggressive here. They may throw something down the field, take a chance, but down three scores, they're going to have some
1: regrouping to do here at halftime. Roberson and Creighton wide to the left. Two receivers wide to the right. Tembush in the shotgun. Has his running back behind him into the left. It's going to be a handoff right in the middle to Chisholm. And he hits the pile at the 22-yard line and goes nothing further than that. Stop making the stop would be Logan Vollmering, the nose guard. And with l- less than 10 seconds of play, Marlette appears to be satisfied with that outcome. They start the second half with the ball. So we have reached halftime with a 21-0 lead for the Ubly Bearcats after 24 minutes of play in the Division 8 District Championship right here on the WLW Sports Network. 21-0, Ugly leads after 24 minutes of play. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network at the half, and it's the Ubly Bearcats leading 21-0 over the Marlette Red Raiders. And right now we'll listen in to a joint performance of the marching bands here, both from Marlette and Ubly on the field right now. We'll talk Gun Anthem with Highway to the Danger Zone right here on the WLW Sports Network. listening to a joint performance between the Marlette Red Raiders and the Ubley Marching Band on the field performing together a great halftime performance we'll return in two minutes with your halftime stats and all the details in this 21 nothing ball game in favor of the Ubley Bearcats right here on the WLW Sports Network. It is 21-0 at the half. After 24 minutes of play, the Ubbly Bearcats lead by three touchdowns. Parker Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Bank with the call tonight from the banks of the Cass River in Ubley, Michigan. It's the Division 8 District Championship, and Dave Hansen, how much tell us how we got to this 21-0 ball game at the half. Well, the home team, the Ubbly Bearcats,
2: strike first on an Evan Peruski seven-yard touchdown run. The Brett Mueller extra point was good, and at the end of the first quarter, the Ubbly Bearcats would lead seven to nothing. In the second quarter, Evan Peruski strikes again, this time on a four-yard run. The Mueller extra point is good, and Ubley would lead 14-nothing with six and a half minutes to go. And in the two-minute offense, they're able to go all the way down the field, and Peruski hits Kyle Sweeney on a 15-yard touchdown throw and catch. The Mueller extra point is good, and at the half, all Bearcats. Ubley leads Marlette 21-0. to
1: When you take a look at the team stats from both sides, the Marlette Red Raiders moving the ball quite well on offense uh, through the air, but the Ugly Bearcats with 155 yards on the ground, 34 yards passing for a total of 31 plays for the Ugly Bearcats. The Marlette Red Raiders just 18 plays for 76 yards, 42 yards passing, 34 yards rushing for the red and white. Rushing the ball for the Marlette Red Raiders. Number 42, Kyler Chisholm with 39 yards on 9 carries. Obli Bearcats cancelling the way. Evan Bruski with 7 carries and 61 yards. Kyle 9 carries for 49 yards. And Mark Heilig, 8 carries for 37 yards. And Logan Mueller, 3 carries for 8 yards. Evan Peruski through the air, 2 for 4 for 34 yards and a score. Kyle Naberski bringing in 19-yard reception. Kyle Sweeney, a 15-yard reception for a touchdown. And on the other side of the ball, Jason Tenbush, 4 for 7 through the air. For 57 percent completion rate for 42 yards. Colin Miller with 16 yard reception. Tristan Creighton 11 yard reception. Travis Fuller 10 yards and Grant Roberson five yards.
2: Well, let's start with the Bearcats. Uh, you gotta love what you're seeing. Your, your your top three guys have seven, eight, nine carries, and that's Evan Peruski, Colin Oberski, and Mark Heilig. Perspective. They, they they've just they are exactly, but running the football those are your main ball carriers, those are the guys that are going to carry the workload, and and even distribution there really keeps things difficult for the defense to follow them, and then you mix in a couple pass plays by having Peruski that's been successful, 34 yards, one of them goes for a touchdown along the way that's pretty outstanding, but for Marlette Jason Tembush has been as advertised he calls a good game, he's 4 of 7 passing, just 42 yards, but Ubley has taken Grant Roberson away Uh, he's been targeted three times, he's only caught one pass for five yards i think he has to be in the game plan a little further going forward uh some nice runs by chisholm but uh, but outside of that uh there has really not been much to talk about because marlette's really only had two drives in the first half their third drive i can't even count they had one play before the half was over so two full they've had two full drives in the first half and is up three scores. Just uh, an outstanding game plan by the Bearcats.
1: When you look at time of possession, it kind of explains a lot as well. The Ubley Bearcats with 15 minutes and 42 seconds. 65% of the time, they were on offense. The Marlette Red Raiders, the other 35% for 8 minutes and 18 seconds. Marlette, like you said, three drives. Ubley three drives as well. The Bearcats, though, with nine first downs. Marlette, which is three. Three for five on third downs for the Red Raiders at 60%, 0 for one on fourth. Ubley 5 of 6 on third downs for 83% completions and a 1 for 1 on fourth downs as well the Ubley defense no defender has more than 2 tackles Chris Oswald Cal and Kanan Brewski each with 2 everyone else with 1 tackler or less Matt Brandel, Evan Brewski, Cal Sweeney, Mark Heilig for the Marlette Red Raiders Kyler Chisholm 10 tackles and those were pretty much in the first 12 plays then Tristan Creighton 6 tackles Travis Fuller 3, Brandon Whitesand with 2 tackles Jason Tenbush, Callin Miller and jack Mako, each with one tackle apiece
2: yeah Ch- chisholm's been the story for marletta he's been uh, an excellent linebacker all around the football doing an excellent job of locating it but uh he can't do it by himself and when when he was not involved in the play it seemed like there was big plays for ubley but uh ubley extremely patient executed a very slow-paced game plan as completely swarmed and smothered out any sort of offensive uh, opportunities for Marlette, only allowing them with two real possessions in the first half. And uh, three for three when they've had the football scoring touchdowns and making those extra points. And that's a remedy for a lot of success moving forward for the Bearcats.
1: Like you said, Dave, Ubley received on the toss. Marched right down the field, 54 yards for the first score. Marlette then a turnover on downs at the Ubley 43-yard line. Ubley scores on a 57-yard drive, makes it 14-0. Marlette then punts with a minute 52 left in the first half. Ubley then marches down the field in just a minute 33 for the score, his third score of the night. And then Marlette with the last 19 seconds of this ball game. So really, like you said, Marlette only has had two drives in this game for 18 plays to show for it.
2: And Ubley scored three times on their three. So it's just it's a remedy for success, a 21-0 shutout by the Bearcats, showing exactly what we talked about in the pre-show. They are... The best offense that we have in this area, followed by the best defense, and both of those things are showing off so far tonight.
1: 21 nothing. Ubley leads the Marlette Red Raiders. Ubley won the toss, elected to receive, so Brett Mueller for the Bearcats will be kicking off into the hands of the... Marlette Red Raiders in their road white Able uniforms, to yet along. to find the end zone here. 21-0 Aubrey leading in the district championship in Division 8. Winner goes on to play.
0: The winner of Breckenridge
1: and Fowler. And other area scores. New Lothrop season ends with a 33-7 loss on the road to West. Westphalia already.
2: I'm thinking they waved the white flag at halftime, Clark. That's, uh, which would be very uncharacteristic un-char- for New Lothrop, but, uh, I don't Need know it. how that game could be over Literally yet
1: defending seven devi- d- defending division seven champion for new Lothrop So we'll, I'm sure we will find more details out there But looks like it was clearly in hand for Paloma, Westphalia other area scores North Huron in Audrey Sims tied up in the second quarter 28 to 28 Morris leads Colin 14 to 8 Lakers leading hemlock at the half 14 to 7 and Marlette and Ubley, 21 nothing in favor of the Bearcats Kick is brought in at the three-yard line by number 23 for the Marlette Red Raiders. That's Colin Miller And he's finally brought down at the 17-yard line by, by the ugly special teams a 12-yard return For Colin Miller first and 10 for the Marlette Red Raiders and deep in their own territory
2: Just such a difference maker when you have a kicker that can kick it that deep uh, I think if I were a Marlette special team i I take the chance that it bounces over my head in the end zone because when they fielded it they have gone nowhere and this second this drive this of the second half the first one from marlette does not get off to a great start as they have a long field ahead of them starting this one at their own 17 yard line
1: first and 10 left right across right in that single wing and it's a handoff right up the gut to miles parker and this one goes very not far at all step made by Adam Makoviak from the linebacking core for no gain, actually a gain a loss of two on the play. Sets up a second down and 12 at their own 16-yard line.
2: Ubly uh, just winning in the trenches, even when Marlette spreads it out, three and four wide receivers spread out, they still try to run the football, and if they can do that, they can be very successful, but when that ugly defense spreads out, man-to-man coverage everywhere, deep safety, making sure nothing gets beat deep, and they run right up the middle that front four and that single linebacker, whoever's left inside for the Bearcats have done an excellent job of stopping the run and then that forces what we have now second down and 11 second down and long and really takes Marlette right out of their
1: game plan two receivers wide each way Tembush back to pass rolls to his right has a black jersey in front of him and this one's going to be under throwing with that pressure coming to him very quickly pass was intended for Tristan Creighton and this one hit his ankles before it could hit anything even remotely close to him. 10-54 left in the third, stops the clock. 21-0, ugly. Marlet facing a third and 11 deep in their own territory.
2: And with that many receivers out there and too much time, Tenbush is too good of a quarterback to not find somebody open. So if Ubley's not going to blitz, that front four is under a lot of pressure to get in the backfield. And that time, that's exactly what
1: Perusky, or excuse me, Parker Peruski does. Gets in the backfield and forces a bad throw by Tenbush. Tenbush back to pass. Scrambling now, going to keep it for himself. He's out to the 20-yard line, out to the 25. He's still moving Another the 30. Sprints over another defender. is finally brought down at the 37-yard line. The ball popped loose at the very end and the official says he was down by contact on the ground, and that is true. This play started out at the 17-yard line, and Jason Tenbush makes it count. Gets the first down and conversion on third and 11, all the way out to the 37-yard line. Tackle made by number 27, Mark Hyling for the LB Bearcats.
2: And I'd like to see Jason Tembusch do that more. Showing a little speed. He certainly can move with the football. Uh, He's shown when he rolls out of the pocket. He can move, and I I like it. The pocket breaks down. You have to make things happen, especially on third down and long. And, yes, he was absolutely down, no question about it. And a much-needed first down from our left.
1: Handoff right up the gut to Kyler Chisholm, and he powers through beyond the 40-yard line out to the 40. one-yard line ethan Gillig nose guard on the stop but not until after a five-yard gain for chisholm who runs with a head of steam like none other they're being shot out of a cannon second down and five
2: he certainly runs hard there's no question about that if you get in his way you'll be punished they they, they make a nice stop bringing up with a second down and five to go We'll see you now with Marlette getting that nice yardage on first down. We'll see if they continue with the run. For play action here is certainly
1: an option for this offense. Showing some tempo once again. Another handoff to Chisholm. Tries to find a seam, and he finds a, a, a sliver of daylight. And he pushes that 4 pal forward. He's hit about it at the line of scrimmage. And he pushes that all the way out for a five-yard gain for Chisholm. All the way out to the 46-yard line, and they're going to say move the chains first down. A hard-fought five yards for Chisholm moves the chains again.
2: I, I don't like that spot. He definitely uh, fought for everything, but I certainly thought he was short of the first down marker by plenty. But uh, a very favorable spot and a reward for a very impressive run. And back-to-back
1: five-yard carries for Chisholm will get Marlette a much-needed another first down. Marlette had three first downs in the entire first half. They already have two in this drive alone. Screen pass over to the right side. Brought in by Travis Fuller. He has positive yards across midfield into Ubley Territory. And finally upended by Mark Heilig at the 47-yard line inside Ubley Territory for a seven-yard gain, second down, actually a six-yard gain, second down and four upcoming for the Marlette Red Raiders. Inside Ubley territory, trailing 21-0, 9-21 left in the third quarter.
2: And I've mentioned soft coverage by Ubley. They do not want to get beat deep. They know that Roberson and company could do that. And if you're going to give 10 yards a cushion, I can't believe Marlette doesn't sooner. Just snap it, throw it
1: right to your receiver, and let him run. And it's seven easy yards before a defender's there to get him. Chisholm rolls over his defender, which was Cannon Peruski, and they bring him down short. Of the first down marker at the 45 of Ubley. They needed four. He got about three and a half. So it's a third down yard to go from the Ubley 45 for the Marlette Red Raiders. 9:03 remains in the third quarter. 21 nothing. Ubley leading Marlette moving some and showing some life here moving the ball into ugly territory
2: i like it they, but it took their quarterback to make a nice play with his legs when the play broke down to rejuvenate this offense since then they've had a good running game and some quick
1: passes have worked quarterback keeper for 10 has the first down lowers the shoulder all the way out to the 43 yard line got the first down marker by about a yard and move the chains tackle made by camden bruski for the ugly bearcats the third first down of this drive alone they have six on the dice
2: I think you have to take advantage of Jason Tembush in this half. Take a look at the, the mirror. Take a look at the team on the other side of the field, and you see Evan Peruski running around, making throws, making decisions. He's a sophomore. Jason Tembush has ran this offense for quite a long time himself, and there's no reason he can't move around
1: in space and make some decisions. Back to pass, a screen to the left side, and this one is into the hands of Roberson, but it is underthrown. And he is actually down at the 46-yard line. It's a loss of two, maybe even three on the play. Yes, it is a loss of three. So a second down and 13 upcoming for Marlette. 8.05 remains on the third.
2: And as we know at the high school level, if you catch the ball with your knee on the ground, the play is over. So that's actually a mistake for Roberson. Uh, Matt Brandle got in the backfield so quickly that even on a quick screen, Tembush had to throw it kind of away from him and avoid him if you're
1: Roberson you gotta let
2: that ball hit the ground you can't catch it for a three yard loss without even being touched
1: screen pass this time to the near side to number one Travis Fuller tries to find something to flag flies at that and he gets nowhere beyond the original line of scrimmage tackle made by Mark Heilig as well as Evan Peruski in the flats here we'll find out what this flag is
2: this is this is an easy call here the wide receiver is number two eighth ethan marshall trying to block out here and and he gets beat on the play so he holds right out and open here right in front of the ugly bench and uh, he'll be penalized for that
1: holding against marlette is the call so they mark 10 yards out from the spot of the foul which is at the 45 yard line of bubbly so this pushes him across midfield back into marlette's side of the field And this will be a second down in a country mile for the Marlette Red Raiders. 741 left in the third, 21-0, I'll be leading. First down marker is well beyond the 35 of Ubley. They're at their own 45.
2: That pass play didn't go for any positive yardage. I'm actually surprised Ubley accepted the penalty. I thought they'd have been happy with third down and about 13, but instead, the second down and 22
1: from Marlette, and you can bet, though, on the shotgun they're going to have three receivers to the left and one to the right. That's Roberson, to the, or excuse me, number two to the right, scrolling to his left to pass. will be Tenbush looking downfield, lets it fly, and it is caught, brought in by Travis Fuller at the 41-yard line of Ubley Nice pickup of about 13 or even 15 yards makes this third down and manageable for the Marlette Red Raiders at the ugly 41.
2: It's a tough throw by Tembush. He's going to roll to his left, but that's the. The larger side of the field giving him an opportunity to buy more time an option to run it if needed and when he strolls to his left he does a great job squaring up his shoulder right about the left hash mark and throws a strike and gets a much needed completion and a nice gain of about 13 to cut this uh make this third down and eight reasonable
1: rolling to his right is in and out of the hands of tristan creighton as he was diving to the near sideline of the 35 of bubbly falls incomplete on that third and eight and now a fourth down, eight to go from the ugly 41-yard line. Stops the clock with 6.36 left here in the third quarter. 21-0, ugly leading. And coming all the way across
2: the field, uh, Oswald in coverage. He's about a step behind, so there's a little room to complete that pass. The pass was a little bit low, but still very catchable for the wide receiver. Uh, number 20, Creighton's got to make that catch. I don't think he'd have got a first down, but we'd be looking at fourth and two instead of fourth and eight. So a very important drop on that play. We'll see now if the Bearcats...
1: Knowing that uh, Tim Bush is probably going to throw the football here, we'll see if they bring a little pressure. Tim Bush and Chisholm in the backfield in the shotgun. Rolling was right to pass. This one's thrown. It's batted down by Evan Bruski at the 30-yard line. He read that one from the get-go. Pass was intended right in the middle of the field there for Travis Fuller. Falls incomplete. Another turnover on downs from the Marlette Red Raiders. Gives the ball back to the Ubley Bearcats with a 21-0 lead halfway through the third quarter.
2: And that's a very smart play there by Peruski because an interception there was definitely possible, but completely unnecessary. Just knock it down and get your offense back on the field for the fourth time, trying to score for a fourth time.
1: 13, excuse me, 12 plays on that drive. For the Marlette Red Raiders, results in three first downs, two for three on third downs, and 0 for one on fourth. Results in a turnover run downs, Ubley in the straight tee, handoff to Logan Mueller, and he's brought down at the 44-yard line for a three-yard gain. Tackle made by number 15, Jason Tenbush. Second down and seven upcoming for Ubley.
2: And this is where the bearcats are at their best they have a lead and now the wing t offense comes on the field and just like more the first quarter clark i think you're gonna see slow methodical time uh time eating series and plays here and try to take this game right to the fourth quarter before they punch in their fourth score
1: 21 nothing be leading right now after marlette had the ball for five minutes and 29 seconds Mark Hiley gets the handoff on a second and seven. He gets all the way right to midfield for a five-yard gain. Tackle made out of the secondary by the Marlette Red Raiders. Number 33 leading the charge. Miles Parker, actually an outside linebacker. Third down, a yard to go for Ubley. And Ubley
2: doing exactly what they want. They want three at a minimum. They get more than that, maybe about five on that play, and now a long one on third down to go with five and a half to go in the third quarter for Ubley to get
1: a new set of downs. Straight T from midfield, right to left cross your radio. Five fifteen, left of the third quarter. Handoff up the middle to Mark Heilig. Drags a white jersey with him all the way down to the Marlette forty-four yard line for a six-yard gain. When they needed just one yard, tackle made by Marlette's Chuck Kyler Chisholm on the tackle. First and ten from Marlette territory at their own at the forty-four yard line of the Red Raiders.
2: Nice run there by Heilig. again. That T, he's the fullback and he's one that steps up first and. They give him that handoff directly, and he shoots right up the middle of the defense, right into the secondary. And uh, when he needs one, he gets a lot more than that, 7 or 8.
1: And a new set of downs now is ugly in Marlette territory. First and 10 from the Marlette 44-yard line, right to left cross the in their home black uniforms. Evan Peruski under center, three men backfield. Handoff to Evan or Logan Mueller, and he stood up about a yard after the line of scrimmage out of the 43-yard line tackle made by Jason Tenbush. Plays out of the secondary, a gain of a yard to the 44-yard line, second down and nine.
2: Good stop there by Marlette, and uh, that's that's what they have to do, is uh, stop the, the movement at the line of scrimmage. They stop Mueller there. As soon as he makes his cut up the middle, there's a linebacker there. Chisholm always in the area. Stops that forward momentum, doesn't allow the extra yards after contact, and just a one, maybe
1: two-yard gain on first down for Ubley. Ubley, 35 plays, 204 yards to show for tonight so far facing a second down and nine back to pass right downfield wide open Kyle Missed Sweeney him. oh and he, he got he it. Brought it in at the 10 down in the end zone untouched Kyle Sweeney brings in the overthrowing pass and he brings it in from 43 yards out. In for the strike, and the Ugly Bearcats connect for the fourth time tonight to make it 27-0 Ugly over Marlette.
2: Oh, I thought he overthrew him. It was a it was a very well thrown ball, but it looked like it was just going to sail. And Kyle Sweeney just out of nowhere snatches it out of the air, and it's an easy touchdown. Nobody, I think you and I were the closest defenders, as Marlette completely fooled, completely selling out on the run, and nobody near him. And an easy throw and catch, and a great great catch by Sweeney in the end zone and Mueller now coming
1: on the field to attack, attack on the extra point. Mueller on the night three for three trying to make this four for four the kick is up and it is good it's 28 nothing. Ubley leading the Marlette Red Raiders 353 left in the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Mueller's kick comes in down to the 5-yard line. Marlette returns it all the way out to the 24-yard line. That was number 33. Miles Parker on the return, brought in, brought down by Evan Prusky, the man who does it all so far. 347 left in the third quarter. Ugly scoring drive, 59 yards, 2 minutes and 38 seconds. Five plays, results in a 43-yard catch from... Peruski into the hands of Kyle Sweeney, the PAT from Mueller, makes it 28-0 ugly leading Marlette.
2: And when you can run the ball that well, Evan Peruski throws one of the better balls in this area he doesn't get talked about much because they don't throw it the very often but he certainly has the ability and everybody here including us thought for sure it was another run and peruski hits kyle sweeney wide open down the middle of the field and a great play call there and execution by the bearcats
1: it's a direct snap to colin miller and he's brought down in the backfield back of the 23 yard line for a yard maybe even two yard loss stop made by ethan gillig for the ugly defense Loss of two on the play, second down and 12.
2: Uh, you mentioned before the game started that uh, Coach Lester and company was going to throw everything they could at Ubley, and there's another example, just trying to, a wildcat, trying to throw somebody else the ball, and it goes for another loss on the play. This Bearcat defense uh, and the rest of this team is clicking on all cylinders at the right time here, deep into, hoping to make a deep run into the playoffs.
1: Loss of a yard on that one brings up a second down 11 from the 23-yard line. Wing back on either side of Tembush in the shotgun now has a fullback to his left. That's Chisholm, and he gets the handoff. He drags black to jerseys with him all the way out to about the 27-yard line for a gain of four. Stop made by Cannon Peruski for the ugly Bearcats. Third down and seven upcoming for Marlette.
2: And that's what it takes. Cannon Peruski's the one that kind of stands him up, slows him down, and then Mark Heilig's the one that chop him down after just a short gain. Third down and eight for Marlette.
1: Marlette sticking everyone inside of the tackles and tight ends here. Wing back on either side of Tenbush. Tail back behind him. That's Chisholm. And back to pass. Rolling. Throwing downfield. This one's in and out of the hands as good defense there from Evan Bruski. Went over the top of Travis Fuller at the 47-yard line of Marlette. Falls incomplete. Fourth down and seven upcoming for Marlette.
2: And yeah, number one there, Travis Fuller does come open, but... Evan Bruski's playing that center field deep safety position. So he's watching where the ball's thrown. And I think if the ball comes out a little sooner and he anticipates that Fuller gets open, I think he can make a completion. But he waits until he's open to throw the ball 20 yards downfield. Evan Bruski's going to swat that down every time. And that's exactly what he does. He elevates for the ball, knocks it down. And now with fourth down and long, deep in your own territory, Marlette down four is going to have to bring the special teams and the punter on the field.
1: Roberson, the punter, stands at his own 12-yard line away in the long snap. Good snap. The punt is away. and This was a booming punt. Comes in at the 42-yard line. Mark Heilig thought about returning it, instead, lets it bounce out of bounds. This should be an ugly ball right around the 35-yard line of their own territory, leading 28-0 with two eleven left in the third quarter marlette with a three now to start the second drive of the second half
2: this is tough because this is where it's hard to keep uh, your team your team motivated you've been completely smothered out you've had no success on offense you've barely run you've barely run any plays on the opposite side of the 50 let alone trying to score and uh, on defense the team you're playing against has had the ball four times they've scored all four times and they've completely done anything they wanted to it can be very demoralizing so very tough now for marlette to dig
1: deep and try to come up with a stop from obli's own 39 yard line right to left cross your radio handoff to Cal naburski slows over the trench and now charges forward across out to the 45 out brought down at the 46 yard line stop made by kyler chisholm for his 12th tackle of the night a gain of six on the play second out and four
2: Power football, again, back to eating up some clock. I expect uh, a lot more running of the football now. They they hit them with the play-action pass. I think they proved that they can do that when they need it. And uh, they'll stick to the running game now and try to to work some more clock. And it starts with Colin Oberski with a nice five, maybe
1: six-yard run on first down. From the 45 in their own territory, minute 35 left here in the third quarter. 28-0, ugly leading Marlette. Division 8 district championship. Evan Bursky looks to the back judge to wait until the play clock is under 10 before snapping. 47. Hand off to his third option. That would be Cal Mabursky and gets out to the 48-yard line, a yard short of the first down marker. Tackle made by number 71 of Marlette, Jack Maka. Six foot one, 220 220-pound defensive lineman and just a junior. Third down a yard to go for Ubley.
2: Well, that time Marlette rotated to the football. They got some bodies in front of Obersky, and when Oberski runs into the back of his own lineman, he, he kind of takes himself down. He takes himself out of the play, and uh, th- that's what Marlette's going to have to do is swarm to the football, understand who they're going to try to get it to. Um, I think with this kind of lead, Evan Peruski probably hands it off, so they've had their most success. giving it to Mark Heilig when they need short
1: yardage gains right up the middle. Evan Bruski under center, straight T in the backfield from the their own 48, third and yard, and it's a handoff to 47. Colin Obersky across midfield and finally brought down to the Marlette 47-yard line tackle made by Jack Maka once again for the Red Raiders. A gain of six on the play when they need just one yard converts on third down. A new fresh set of downs for the Blue Bearcats.
2: Three straight runs for Colin Obersky and it's the exact same play over and over and over again as he's in that left side behind the quarterback Perusky and takes the handoff to the right around the right tackle. And all three times he carries it and he gets another first down for Ubley as now looks like. These teams are satisfied and are going
1: to let this clock run out to the end of the third quarter. We've reached the end of the third quarter after 36 minutes of play. It's 28 nothing. I'll be leading Marlette in the Division 8 District Championship. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the ranch to start the fourth quarter, Mark Hyland gets the handoff, and he rumbles down for seven yards all the way down to the Marlette 39-yard line. Second down and three, tackle made by Travis Fuller for Marlette. Ubley already back to the line of scrimmage, 11-28 left here in the fourth quarter, 28-0, Ubley leading Marlette. And the Bearcats are in the no hurry whatsoever, looking to secure yet another district championship for their... What's getting to become a pretty full trophy case. Handoff to Kyle Naberski, rumbles across the 35, plows over another defender at the 32, and he's dropped there. Tackle made by Miles Parker, even though he's really the one who slowed him down. 11 11 left in the fourth quarter, and it's another fresh set of downs for Rubli
2: just power football at its finest. Using clock, mixing up the running backs. Uh, You see Heilig on first down right out of the break, right up the middle for seven. Then you see Oberski take it right around the right side. He gets about seven, and that's kind of been the way this game's been as Marlette's had no answer on first down for the Bearcats. Uh, They've barely even had a third down to worry about in this game. They've just absolutely dominated this game, and they started with the early down success, leaving Marlette with no idea what was coming next.
1: Persky hands off to Colin Obersky across the 30. Finally brought down at the 29 for a hard-fought two yards as he falls forward. Stop made by number 20, Tristan Creighton. Defensive end for Marlette. That'll be his seventh tackle this evening. 10-25 left in regulation.
2: A better job there by Marlette as they stop that run after a short gain, maybe two yards on the play as they cut down Obersky for a very little gain.
1: Already in the fourth quarter. This game just started an hour and 34 minutes ago. Already in the third, already in the fourth quarter. T-formation left right across the radio, home of black uniforms for Evan Bruski and the Bearcats. Straight T in the backfield from the 30-yard line of Marlette. Quarterback keeper to the left side, Peruski trying to find a seam. He breaks out with that one. He has the first down, down to the 15, and runs out of bounds at about the 10-yard line for a 20-yard pickup for Evan Peruski as he was evading tacklers all the way down the field. It's going to set up a first down and 10, perhaps goal to go, right at the 10-yard line.
2: And Jason Tenbush, number 15, he was the guy that had a chance in the backfield. He read the play. It's his job to keep an eye on the opposing quarterback, and he comes in the backfield, and and what you see Peruski do is he hits the brakes and then Tenbush hits the brakes, and when that happens, um, the change of direction changes speed there for Peruski. He takes off again and leaves Tenbush in his tracks, and as Tenbush dives for the tackle, he completely misses, and it uh, looks like he, he may have dinged himself up a little bit on the play, but Peruski uh, was able to just fly right on by him, make him completely miss an open space. Very impressive
1: change of direction and another first down for Ugly. Looks like he may have been hit by a cleat on his way down there. 947 left in the fourth quarter. I'll be facing a first and goal to go from the 10. It's Cal Noburski on the rumble down inside the three, and he takes three white jerseys to bring him down at the one yard or the two-yard line. We'll give credit to Colin Miller on defense after an eight-yard gain. Second down, goal to go from the two-yard line impressive
2: run and when you see him get the football you can see that Ubley's just completely got this side walled right off and he's gonna get seven eight yards before uh, there's a white jersey even near him and that that one defender was able to bring him down short of the goal line they saved a touchdown for now
1: second down goal to go they mark him down to the three yard line so a seven yard gain nine minutes and counting here in the fourth quarter in under center in the backfield, Oberski and Heilig. Logan Mueller at the wing back to the right side, splitting the hash marks. Oberski, wastes the snap. There it is, handoff to Kyle Oberski. He's met at the line, but on a second, surge, gets down inside the one. They say he's short of the goal line, a gain of two on the play. Tackle made by Tristan Creighton for the Marlette Red Raiders. That's his eighth this evening, 8.43 and counting in the fourth
2: chisholm still with an impressive 12 tackles on the U. We haven't called his name in nope. a little while it was a very impressive first first quarter first series for him but uh a good goal line stand there by uh, marlette that that uh, i thought colin oberski was going to find his way into the end zone but stopped short at the one
1: i think they give it to him one more time what do you guys think might as well i think so might as well 820 and counting in the fourth it's 28 nothing but i on the one yard line of marlette evan Bruski under center handoff to logan mueller he's hit the line at the goal line he's in touchdown ubley for the fifth score this evening 809 left in the fourth quarter and logan mueller hits the end zone from one yard out makes it 34 nothing ubley over marlette just an outstanding
2: drive by the Bearcats. Just power football at its finest. No need to throw the football. They win at the line of scrimmage, and it does not matter the way it's going tonight. Who gets the football? They find success. Logan Mueller punches in the touchdown from one yard out.
1: Brett Mueller now on to attempt the point after, going for his fifth Extra point tonight, a little bit of a high snap, but it's down, (laughs) and that's the distance. Holy cow, as it nearly hits the track there from Brett Mueller, makes it 35-0 with 8.09 remaining in the fourth quarter. Right here on the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. It's 35 0, 8.09 left in the fourth quarter. And Mueller's kick comes down, bounces the 10, brought in at the 7 by Colin Miller. His knee went down when he brought that in. He's down on the spot at the 5 yard line. A 95 yard field in front of him. A running clock scenario here as it's 35 point differential. 7 minutes, 50 seconds left in the fourth trailing 35 nothing
2: and those are the little things that have really cost marlette in this game that's a scenario you caught it at the five yard line with your knee to the ground at that point you could have let it hopped into the end zone most likely but you have to be aware of what you're doing you have to stay up you cannot down yourself at the five yard line and now the number one defense in the area you have to move the ball 95 yards on them that is a tall task to ask on any night of the week
1: Well, just 12 carries to Chisholm. He should get it there himself. A little bit low snap, but it's a a, a direct snap to Colin Miller. He gets absolutely nowhere. Originally back to the final of the original line of scrimmage at the 5. A swarm of black jerseys on that stop for the Bearcats. We'll give credit to Ethan Gillig, who finds himself at the bottom of the pile. No gain, second down and 10 from the five.
2: Uh, I was right, Ethan Gillig was the first one on the play, but he stops the four momentum, and then you see multiple ugly Bearcats in on the tackle, that rugby style play. And by the time they blew the whistle, I think he was in his own end zone. That's the kind of power and penetration that this ugly defense has been enforcing all night long.
1: Winner of this game goes on to play Breckenridge and Fowler. Whoever wins that one in Breckenridge leads in the third quarter, 21 to 18 over Fowler at the moment. Of course, we're a little ahead of schedule here with a running clock scenario. It's a handoff up the gut, and Obley sniffs that one out and actually brings him down in the backfield back at the two-yard line. Tag- or the, or carrying the ball was Miles Parker. Could barely see his numbers there as there's so many black jerseys around him. They're going to say forward progress has him stopped in the three and a loss of two.
2: Just nowhere to run. They're running right, every run play has been right into the teeth of this defense and Ubley has answered the call almost every single time. You you look up at Marlette and you see 21 carries, 21 attempts, 67 yards is all they've had to show for it. And I I gotta imagine that includes a a Tembush scramble that on a busted play. Otherwise, that, that ratio would be even less.
1: And we have a timeout call by the Marlette Red Raiders with 5.53 left in the fourth quarter. Obli leading 35-0 on the WLW Sports Network. 5.53 5.53 left in the fourth quarter on the banks of the Cass River. Third and 13, and it's a handoff to number 11, Grant Robert- Roberson. He gets back to the original line of scrimmage at the five-yard line. Nothing more. Tackle made by Mark Heilig. for the ugly Bearcats are actually going to give him a gain of four, so it's a fourth down and nine. For Marlette, with 5:35 left in regulation,
2: oh, I gotta imagine they're gonna punt it here, and that punter is gonna be standing in his own end zone when he kicks it away. So that top, na- top-notch, top-ranked defense of the Bearcats does it again, and uh, their, their offense is gonna come on the field
1: with excellent field position yet again to try to finish off this game and not allow Marlette another possession. Auble does not send anyone back deep. It's a little bit of a high snap, but Roberson brings it in, and this one's nearly blocked. As the Robersons punt goes in, it bounces straight up in the air, and it's going to be downed at the 34-yard line. On, 34-yard line by Tristan Creighton, The 25-yard punt, 5:01 remains and counting here in the fourth quarter. Ubly leads by 35 points.
2: And counting is the key there, running running clock scenario
1: uh, until the Ubly Bearcats call a timeout. So 5:01, 4:56 actually left in the fourth quarter. It's 35 nothing. Upley leading on the WLW Sports Network. New quarterback in for the LB Bearcats. That's Luke Vollmering now, the freshman. Hands it off to Seth Maurer, number 23, is sophomore. He gets out to the 30-yard line. That's a gain of three. We have a flag back at the 26. As the official's trying to figure this one out. Personal foul face mask against the Marlette Red Raiders. When it rains, it pours here. So tack on 15 yards from the end of that play. And this will result in a first down and then move the ball all the way inside the 15-yard line, right at the 15-yard line with 4.49 left and counting here in the fourth quarter with a 35-0 ugly lead.
2: I love this for the ugly Bearcats because this is a scenario you get some of these guys been putting in the work all week long, get them some reps because you just never know. At some point, somebody might get nicked up, banged up, where these guys have to get in the game. These are quality carries, quality snaps that these guys are getting in a district championship game.
1: Volmering hands off to Jace Susala on that carry. Gets down to the 11-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Tristan Creighton, defensive end senior. 5'11", 165 pounds for Marlette. 4'15", and counting. 35-0 Ubley. But facing a th- second down, five to go. And Susala
2: fills in the uh, Mark Heilig role, so that fullback dive for Susala goes right up the middle, and they get exactly what they're looking for, and four yards to- on that play.
1: Four minutes Less than four minutes now in a running clock scenario here. Luke Valmering, the quarterback, 5'10", 165-pound freshman, second string behind the sophomore of Evan Peruski. Three men backfield. There's the snap, and it's going to be a handoff to 23. Seth Maurer, he piles across the 10-yard line down to the 9-yard line for a 2-yard gain with 3.30 in county. Gain of two, third down in three, maybe four yards to go.
2: And Seth Maurer, uh, he's going to fill in the Colin Obersky role. So he tries uh, taking it from the left to the right side, behind his right guard, right tackle, and just goes down for a short gain on that carry.
1: Logan Mueller still in the ball game. The other two backs in the backfield, 23 and 33. Jay Soussal and Seth Maurer. Way the snap for Vollmering, the freshman, at quarterback. Three minutes left. Quarterback keeper around the right side. He's down to the five drinking white f- jerseys with him, and he's brought down after a four-yard gain. It's tackle made by Colin Miller for Marlette. Move the chains. And it's a first in goal to go from the f- five-yard line.
2: Nice job there by Luke Valmering. They they get everybody a handoff there, and then on third down and four, even with uh, these guys in, it's not Peruski, it's not Heilig. it's not Oberski. Even these guys, the go-to play is that quarterback keeper. It's set up, and they still get success with it. They get the four yards that they need, and a new set of downs now as Ubley lead
1: 35-0 and the clock rolling under 220 to go in this game. Vomering under center at the five-yard line, first and goal to go, far right side of your radio. Vomering hands it off to Jay He gets down to the goal line. Touchdown, Ubley. Jay from five yards out. Texan, the sixth score of the evening for the Orange and Black with 2:08 remaining. In the fourth quarter, it's now Ubley 41, Marlette zero with a PAT on the way.
2: Nice drive there by the Ubley Bearcats, and you can see they get these other guys into the play, they're into the game, they're motivated, and they run right into the teeth to this Marlette defense, and Jay Susala caps it off with a very nice touchdown run,
1: and the extra point now from Brett Mueller is on the way. Five plays, 30 yards, two first downs, one for one on third downs. The old Bearcats then took off. Just under three minutes, and the PAT from Mueller is good. It makes it 42 0. Obly leading the Marlette Red Raiders with 2.08 remaining in the fourth quarter, right here on the WLW Sports Network. Eight remains in the 4th. Ubley tanks on their 6th score of the evening. Brett Mueller's kick high into the lights and comes in at the 12-yard line brought in by Travis Fuller. He breaks out of one tackle. He's still on his feet and tackled forward out to the 33, maybe even the 34-yard line brought down by Kyle Sweeney on special teams after the 34-yard line. Less than 2 to play, 42-0, Ubley leads Marlott
2: just an impressive outing by the Bearcats they uh they've really dominated in all
1: three facets of the game and uh, their defense here was really the story of the evening Fowler now leaves Breckenridge at the end of the third quarter 25-21 so Fowler tacks on a score takes the lead away from Breckenridge with just 12 minutes to play I we'll go on to play the winner of that Fowler Breckenridge game 25-21 at the end of the third Fowler on top minute 30 and counting running clock scenario here Marlette in no hurry Ubley having most of their JV into the ballgame now gains some critical reps as Cal Naberski checks out, replaced by number 66. That would be Aiden Kohler. First and 10 for the Marlette Red Raiders. 65 seconds remain in regulation. At quarterback is now number 23, Colin Miller. Back to pass downfield. This one is overthrown for Travis Fuller at the Ubley 43-yard line. Falls incomplete. Clock continues to roll under a minute.
2: Colin Miller, he said, getting the, the reps at quarterback, and he pump fakes, and uh, he actually finds a wide open receiver, Travis Fuller, on the middle of the field. But when he lets it go, he just airmails it. It sails over a wide open receiver's head as he got in between the secondary of the Bearcats, and it falls harmlessly to the ground,
1: incomplete. Colin Miller, a senior, heck of a basketball player for this Marlott Red Raider team. He came in about the second half of that season last week, last year, and started to tear things up for the red and white. Receiver wide to the left, single wing to the left, now a man in motion. This should be a false start. Instead, it's a pass brought in by Roberson, and he runs out of bounds at the 45-yard line for an 11-yard gain from Creighton. And less than 15 seconds to play, and that will be the end of the ball game. They're going to try and get one more snap up here, though, with five seconds left. One more snap for the Marlette Red Raiders. And now we have <laughs> Whistles. And we have a timeout called by Denny Lester and the Red Raiders trying to get this one last play off with just 1 second remaining in regulation. Time for that old fashioned 42 point play, right? That,
2: that's exactly right, but for for Denny Lester he wants to he wants his uh, his younger guys to get one more play at this too.
1: Understandably. So the winner of this one, don't want to say who. Goes on to play Breckenridge or Fowler. Fowler leading at the end of the third quarter 25-21 over Breckenridge. That game will be played here in Ubley regardless of who wins that game. Based on points Ubley with the most out of both regions. Or out of both districts excuse me. In this region. So it'll be first and ten for Marlette. this drive of their own 34. They're out to the 44
2: I'm glad you mentioned that because if you look back at that week nine game in that battle they had with the bad X uh, There were some people that said well, it doesn't really mean anything Why would you play all your starters in that game? This is why because you ensured the fact that the regional the third round of this playoff is gonna go through
1: Ubley and that's big for the Bearcat offense and this Bearcat team Miller gets a snap looking to pass to the far right side It's brought in hook and ladder to Kyler Chisholm, and he's forced out of bounds of the ugly 42-yard line. Has, and there it is. Zeros on the board. The ugly Bearcats blank the Marlette Red Raiders for the district championship in Division 8. They take out Marlette. 42-0. A commanding performance from the Orange and Black. Of the M19 Valley, the ugly Bearcats, 42-0 over Marlette in the second week of the postseason. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, 42-0, final score in week number two of the postseason. When we return, we'll have all of your game wrap-up right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at Sports.com. Listening to the WLW Sports Network, after 48 minutes of play, the Ugly Bearcats end up with 42 points, shutting out the Marlette Red Raiders in the Division Eight District Championship on their home turf, 42 nothing. Ugly wins over Marlette in the second week of the postseason. The trophy ceremony taking place right now, presenting the individual medals to every single black uniform and jersey of the Ugly Bearcats right now. Great moment for the memory books. And Dave Hanson, how much? tell us how we got to this final score of
2: 42-0? It starts with an Evan Peruski seven-yard touchdown run way back in the first quarter. Brett Mueller would tack on the extra point, and Ubley would lead 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. In the second quarter, another touchdown for Evan Peruski, this time from four yards out. Extra point is good. A little while later, Ubley scores again in the hurry-up offense before the half. Peruski hits Kyle Sweeney on a 15-yard throw and catch. The extra point is good, and at the half, Ubley leads Marlette 21 to nothing. In the third quarter, just one score, and this one was a big one. A Peruski to Kyle Sweeney, 43-yard touchdown pass. Brett Mueller connects on the extra point, and Ubley would push the lead 28 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Logan Mueller would punch it in for a one-yard touchdown run. PAT would be good, and Ubley would lead 35 to nothing with 8.09 left to go. And from that point on, we'd have a running clock. And Ubley would still find a way to score one more time. Jay Susala on a yard touchdown run the extra point is good and the Ubbly Bearcats are district champs with a 42 to nothing win over the
1: Marlette Red Raiders the Ubbly Bearcats now advance to the regional championship which will be played on this field here in Ubbly, Michigan and they'll play the winner of Fowler and Breckenridge and Fowler just scored a second straight touchdown to now lead that game 32 to 21 over Breckenridge that game is in Breckenridge so Fowler starting to pull away there. The Eagles over the Huskies with 10-18 remaining in the fourth quarter. So that one's from long from being over. We had a lot of runs and a lot of running clock here in this ball game. It's 9 o'clock on the dot, and we are already done with the trophy presentation for the Ubley Bearcats. Ubley ends up in the night with 51 blaze for 327 yards and six touchdowns. 250 of those were on the ground on 46 carries and four scores, averaged 5.4 yards per carry their longest run of the night was 20 yards that's impressive normally we see some long streaking plays for the early bearcats passing the ball three for five for evan Bruski for 77 yards and two scores completed 60 percent of his passes cal sweeney two receptions 58 yards both touchdowns through the air Connor brusky the other reception for 19 yards on one target the marlette red raiders 160 yards on 40 plays average four yards per play 78 yards rushing on 23 carries, no touchdowns to show for it. Nine of 17 through the air, no interceptions, no touchdowns for 82 yards for Marlette. Leading the rushing attack, Kyler Chisholm, one of the hardest running players I've seen in quite some time, with 14 carries for 63 yards, carrying the ball 61% of the time for the Red Raiders. Jason Tembush, quarterback, four carries for 16 yards, 17% load. On the night, Grant Roberson, one carry for four yards. Colin Miller, two carries for negative two yards. Miles Parker, two carries for negative three yards. Jason Tenbush, seven of 14 for 59 yards. Colin Miller, two for three for 23 yards. Grant Roberson, five receptions on seven targets for 39 yards. Travis Fuller, two receptions on six targets for 16 yards. Colin Miller, one reception, 16 yards. and Tristan Creighton, one reception on four targets for 11 yards. On defense, Cannon Bruski, six tackles. Mark Heilig and Ethan Gillig, each with five tackles. Gillig had two tackles for a loss inside of those five tackles. Kyle Sweeney, Kyle Nabursky each with three tackles. Evan Peruski and Chris Oswald with two. Oswald also had one tackle for a loss. Marlette, lean in tackling, no surprise here, by Kyler Chisholm with 12 tackles. Tristan Creighton with nine tackles. Travis Fuller, six. Jason Tenbush and Colin Miller, each with three. And then Miles Parker at two.
2: I take a look at this, Clark, and a couple of the big things that I see is uh, the Ugly Bearcats averaged almost five and a half yards per carry. And for a team that characteristically doesn't throw the football, we know they can, maybe more so than ever, they completed three passes averaging 25 yards of completion. And going back to the run, you average five and a half yards of carry your offense is getting first downs over and over and over again. And uh, my other favorite stat for you, Clark, is uh, Ubbly Bearcats, 8 of 9 on third down conversions and 1 for 1 on fourth down conversions. The Marlott Red Raiders, 0 for 2 on fourth down and just 5 of 10 on their opportunities on third down.
1: Fowler in Breckenridge, another score, 948. So, what is that? 30 seconds later, Breckenridge scores now. Fowler 32, Breckenridge 29, still 9.48 left in the fourth quarter in that one. Our statistician from across the state, Mark McConnell, following the Twitterverse out there and keeping us updated on that Fowler and Breckenridge game. Of course, the winner of this one, Ubley, hosts either Fowler or Breckenridge in the regional championship.
2: Yeah, and either way, I, uh, I'm i going to warn them right now that they are going to have their hands full with a red-hot Ubley-Bearcat team. They, they go under the radar once in a while because let's face it the bottom half of the greater thumb east is just not that competitive at least not this year so we saw some games where we just flat out expected ubley to win but uh they really got in a really good playoff atmosphere test when they went over to banax and beat that tough team in a close game and ever since then they they have looked extremely good they've played two playoff games both of them right here and they've given up six points between the two of those games and uh whether it's Breckenridge or whether it's Fowler I wish them good luck because they are going to need it against this Ubley Bearcat team
1: two games two games 77 points two games 77 points for Ubley six points for opponents between Harbor Beach and Marlette number one defense and the number one offense you can see it right there and that those stats right just do not lie Time of possession, Ubley Bearcats with 27 minutes and 15 seconds. Marlette, 20 minutes and 45 seconds. That was very much more skewed in the first half. Ubley with 15.42 compared to 8.18 in that first half. The running clock certainly helped with that situation. Ubley with six drives. Marlette with seven. Ubley with 15 first downs. Marlette with seven. Third down conversions. Ubley 8 for 9 for 89% (laughs) conversion rate on third downs tonight. Marlette 5 for 10 for 50%. They were also 0-2 on fourth downs, probably 1-for-1 one one on fourth down attempts. Impressive in every facet of the ballgame for the Ubbly Bearcats tonight.
2: Absolutely. We could, we could talk about the offense, uh, the 320 yards of offense, averaging 6.5 yards of play. Uh, we could talk about the defense only allowing about 3 yards of play for Marlette. Um, we could talk about the special teams where Brett Mueller connects on every single extra point, which virtually adds another touchdown with the way you look at it in this game. Um, and how about the fact that they couldn't handle any of his kickoffs? I mean, how many times did they start their own drive inside their own 15 because they attempted to field those deep kicks, and uh, the special teams covered them. They already had their knee to the ground. But uh, the LB Bearcats, they take care of the football. They don't make mistakes. They don't make penalties. And now when you add a passing threat to this team, just the veer threat of it, this team is very dangerous, and they can beat you in many different ways.
1: So really, in both teams – Fowler and Breckenridge next week are over that 75-mile threshold in the eyes of the MHSA. What we mean by that 75-mile threshold is if it is less than 75 miles away your opponent, the home team automatically selects the time and day it's played. If it's over 75 miles away, the both teams need to consent to a mutually agreed-upon time, whether it's Friday night at 7, whether it's Saturday at 1, Saturday at 7, you don't know, Both teams need to confer with each other, and then it's made. If they cannot come to a consensus of what time that will be played, it has to be played Saturday afternoon. It used to be Saturday at 1. Now it just says Saturday afternoon. So, in my opinion, if it's Breckenridge, I would like to think that's Friday night. They're about 95 miles away. Fowler is about 125 miles. That's northwest of Lansing. So when you take a look at that, I would like to think maybe, just maybe, that game would be played on Saturday. But it all depends. Like we, the team's up in the thumb. They love to play Friday night. The game just feels right. Your players are in that rhythm of playing Friday night, not during the day. Like you get into the later down to the state semifinals and beyond. Or like the state championship when you're playing at 9.30 in the morning. Always feels like a football time there. But Dave Hanson, impressive game from the Mobley Bearcats. Showing why they're the number one offense. Showing why they're number one defense. 42-0 over Marlette here in the second week of the postseason.
2: The most important thing to understand about the Bearcats is they see the game differently. They make adjustments on the fly. This team makes changes better than any team that I think I've ever followed or ever watched like they have the ability to completely change a game on a dime based on how they're blocking on offense or how the opposing team is attacking them and uh, they can do it in a a quick timeout and make those changes and uh, the the relationship between that coaching staff and these kids that really shows and and that's gonna be important for them as the competition gets a little tougher and scoring plays are a little tougher and uh, obviously keeping opponents off the board becomes a bigger challenge so but for now this team is clicking on all cylinders and uh the next one next team up is going to have their hands full to eliminate this bearcat team
1: other area score is in eight player football augrey sims actually leading north here on 48 to 36 in the fourth quarter it was 36 all at halftime it was augrey sims with additional six points in the third quarter to make it 42 36 and they tack on a th- another score in the fourth quarter to make it 48 36 Augury Sims over North Huron in the fourth quarter with 8.55 left in that game. And that was one minute ago. So about nine minutes left in that ballgame. Colin and Morris in the other region are tied up in the fourth quarter at 22 apiece. It was 22-8 to eight Morris at the end of the third. Colon has put two straight scores on in that fourth.
2: And Colon has the ball in the red zone of Morris as we speak.
1: In Division 7, the Lakers beating Hemlock in Freeland. It's a home game for Hemlock in Freeland due to field conditions. Hemlock trails the Lakers 28-7 to in the fourth quarter. Pauam Westphalia, we called a final in that one early, about an hour and a half ago. For whatever reason, whoever was posting on Twitter said that game was over, at least assuming it would be over. But Pauam Westphalia now leads 46-13 to over New Lothrop in the fourth quarter. Of course, Lakers, if they can hang on over Hemlock, would go on to play Pauam Westphalia, one of the blue chip programs in division seven year in and year out for about the last eight years i'd like
2: to think they would probably be the uh significant favorite in division seven right now
1: most certainly especially taking care of business over new Lothrop, the defending division seven champion in mhsa football so dave Hanson, we have a lot to discuss this sunday at 7 p.m on the strong side but before we get to that Who's your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game?
2: Gosh, uh, you can look at the Bearcats here and, and pick multiple different players, but I don't know how you don't start and end with number 10, Evan Peruski. Uh, he was uh, eight, just eight carries tonight but averaged 10 yards a carry, 81 yards. He scored twice on the ground, but don't forget, three for five passing, no turnovers, and two big touchdown passes in this game. He, he's, uh, he knocked down a couple passes on defense um, when they were trying to throw the ball in the first half just uh, he does a lot for this team and uh, said he was one yard from being their leading carrier on the game as well but uh, when he gets rolling like that especially at the end of the first half when they had a minute 50 to go 65 yards down the field and they simply just called run and gun they roll out you make the decision you see receiver throw it if not take off and run and he led that offense down the field and that was special that was fun to watch and knowing that they have that capability in their back pocket to sort of speed up the game complete opposite of what we saw tonight we saw the slow methodical grind it out we own the football type style to see their ability to be able to run and gun when they need to and score in a minute 50 is quite impressive so uh, it would be evan peruski tonight uh, for uh, your thompson chevrolet player of the game
1: congratulations to evan peruski your thompson chevrolet player of the game eight carries 81 yards and two scores three of five through the air for 77 yards and two scores and also two tackles on the night, including one tip pass on fourth down. In Breckenridge, now scores thirty-five to thirty-two. Six minutes left in that ball game. Breckenridge now retakes the lead over Fowler. Fowler just scored twice to take the lead out in commanding fashion, and now breckenridge back on top 35 32 so regardless of the opponent dave i think we're gonna see a whale of a ball game here next friday or saturday
2: no question about it uh, like i said we're, we're moving on in the playoffs there's not gonna be many teams left in division eight so yes they're uh so what uh what i'm getting at is the competition is going to get tougher the the uh the week is no longer a- allowed in, and uh, the Ubley Bearcats uh, took control of this game tonight from beginning to end in dominant fashion, as you're going to see a district championship game. And looking forward to seeing who can uh, withstand each other out there in Breckenridge to see who comes to town next week.
1: So we'd like to send off and uh, thank the Marlette Red Raiders for, uh, we do not get to see Marlette very often. I think this might be just my second time. I think I covered Marlette back in 2011 with Ron Lerman against Harbor Region, I that's think I think that's honestly the last time I saw Marlette in football I have not seen him in football so
2: that would uh, that would make a lot of sense if you've even seen him before tonight as well so um, unfortunately they did not bring their best performance tonight but uh, hats off to the LB Bearcats
1: they they completely smothered out their game plan from the beginning and we say goodbye to the Marlette Red Raiders uh, <laughs> a load of seniors on this team Travis Fuller a running back and cornerback; he's a senior as well as Ethan Marshall wide receiver Grant Roberson, the wide receiver and safety, as well as the punter. Up next, Jason Tenbush, the quarterback, McKinley Jockum, the senior. Tristan Creighton, Colin Miller, Miles Parker, Kyler Chisholm, Brennan Whiteside, Jeremiah Miller, Matt Williams, and Logan Abbott playing their last football game in a Marlette uniform tonight as they lose to, I believe, 42 nothing in the district championship. However, you think about what Marlette was able to accomplish this year, Dave. Not many people were getting a chance in that first week. They came out and were playing Reese tough, and I said, "Oh, okay, here, hang on a second, folks." Marlette's got something here, and it clearly showed high potent offense. Unfortunately, they ran into a buzzsaw tonight in the ugly Bearcats. But what Denny Lester's done over there in the past 21 seasons is impressive. When you take a look at the previous years, Denny Lester's gotten this team to the playoffs what nine times now? All nine times in school history came under his reign a lot of good things in this program
2: no question about it uh, they, they haven't uh, had the success of obviously the Bearcats uh, the Pirates even Sandusky uh, but um, they've been the next best team and like I said for 20 years they were let's face it they were laughing stock they won 49 games in 20 seasons before Denny Lester comes over uh, do the math there they don't win very many games through that stretch and uh, he takes over and he, he over doubles that winning total in the same amount of time and that's uh that's a tall task to ask somebody to take a program of 20 years uh, of zero success I'm not talking little zero success and turning it into uh, about every other year going to the playoffs that's pretty impressive but he'll have his hands full next year He he's going to lose some very quality pieces uh, to his team but uh, if anybody can get him back to being competitive uh, coach Lester certainly has a shot to be that guy
1: so Dave Hansen we'll have plenty to talk about. Like we said, on the strong side this Sunday at 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLW Of course, this game will be at the top of our list. 42 nothing, oddly leading or Ubley wins over Marlette. Lakers leading over Hemlock in the fourth quarter. Last we heard there, it was 28 to seven Lakers over Hemlock in the fourth in Freeland, in a neutral site game. Point Westphalia blowing out New Lothrop, Fowler and Breckenridge. In a closely fought battle, Breckenridge currently leading, the leading six minutes left in the th- fourth quarter, thirty-five to thirty-two in that one. And of course, we have North Huron and Augre Sims playing right now. Augre Sims leading forty-eight to thirty-six in the fourth, and Morrison Colin tied up at twenty-two apiece.
2: Yes, so some really good football games. was uh, Westphalia. We didn't know how good New Lothrop was. We knew Powamo was very good, and uh, they, they're handing it to uh, New Lothrop, the defending state champs, right now. And, puamo certainly that team that looks to be the favorite in division seven so uh assuming that the lakers don't blow a three-score lead which i don't think they will uh, they're they're going to have their hands full of puamo westphalia next week that uh, is almost an impossible task for them but uh wishing them the best next week and see well we'll see if uh maybe hopefully the Northern warriors can make a little comeback here in the fourth quarter
1: and of course also in the strong side we'll preview next week's playoff games lakers against puamo westphalia the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers against Palm Westphalia. Fowler and Breckenridge against Ubley. Might be better off combining their forces to go against the Elder Bearcats next week at this rate, depending on who wins that game. It's going to be a shootout between the two teams. 67 points now scored between Fowler and Breckenridge. And all this is taking place Sunday at 7 p.m. on the Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide, as always, on com. Dave Hansen, Paul P. Adams, and myself, yours truly, Clark Ramsey, as we break down the second week of the postseason.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. Last week's show uh, didn't get off to the greatest of starts, and uh, some some technical errors back at the uh, back at the office, we'll say. And uh, but I think we got it straightened out. Yes, and we look, do. Looking to uh, get back onto a roll there, as we got some some great games to talk about. And our game got done so quickly that yeah. uh, uh, I'm excited to kind of check on my way home who finishes up these games, and and we'll be uh, ready to discuss all that and future matchups uh, starting on Sunday at 7 p.m.
1: Yes. So final thoughts, Dave Hansen from week number two, the Division Eight District Championship.
2: Congratulations, John. Bearcats Uh, outstanding performance uh, dominant win just uh Marlette had didn't didn't have a chance they just they they were smothered out from the get-go and just any little momentum they had they completely took away and that's what good teams do and uh, they held them down finished the job and from beginning to end absolutely outstanding victory and uh, you love to see uh, all different players get involved in this game scoring touchdowns making plays for this team it's not one guy it's a whole group of guys that make things happen for ugly that's what makes them competitive that's what makes them tough to stop and on defense they're really playing as a unit and tackling well
1: tonight's game was brought to you by Thumbsailor. Niagara valley Services, DS Services of Cass City, Conduct Radiator and Air Condition of X, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, the Heron Daily Tribune, North Star Bank, on Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Ubley Motor Service, D&M Cabinet Shop, Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? So on behalf of our entire broadcast team here, from afar, our statistician looking up all the scores, Mark McConnell. Our director of sports information, Doug Cole, our spotter, the best in the business, just like Doug Cole, Dan Benke. In game analysis, that'd be Dave Hansen. My name is Clark Ramsey, producer and host of the broadcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight. If you're an ugly Bearcat, I'm sure you did indeed, with a 42 0 win over the Marlette Red Raiders to improve to 11 0 on the season. 42 0. Ugly takes out Marlette and now faces off with Fowler or Breckenridge that game time to be determined it will be an obly, and you'll hear it right here on sports radio 1021 in the meantime we will see you for the strong side at 7 p.m on sports radio 1021 42 nothing obli wins
0: this has been a presentation of the wlew sports network powered by agri valley services on sports radio 102.1 fm and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.